Good morning. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. So I'm Glenn and he's Griffin. And if we're your company while you're waiting in the line to try to get AFC Championship game tickets, then one, I got a bad feeling you're not getting them. Two, um, we're happy to be here anyway. You know, wait it out with us. In fact, wait two hours with us. You never know. Maybe at some point they'll pop up. I think the Orioles put their uh, single game. I think this was actually slick today, right? Like, the Orioles put single game tickets on sale today, too, if I remember uh. correctly. Although probably not opening day. I think they still hold those back for a while. So, I don't know how much demand there is for, like, the fifth game of the season when... Well, obviously, know. the Brandon Hyde bobblehead. Right, that one, sure. I bet it will be very popular. Hey, we got a lot to do on the program today. Coming up in a few minutes, our friend Mike Golick Jr. will join us. We'll talk AFC Championship game with him Later on in the program, Kevin Zeitler is going to check in with us. Also this morning, it's Tuesday, so we will uh, talk some Terps and college hoops with our friend Patrick Stevens, County Sports Zone Radio with Wes Brown. All that coming up on a Tuesday edition of the program. Today's show is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. All right. So um, lovely, 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 lovely. Just one of those everybody's excited kind of weeks. There's not really anything to, like, scream about all that much. I worked it through my system fighting with people about the dumb rule yesterday, so... Everybody's just in a pretty good mood for the most part. Mark, John Harbaugh didn't give anything away yesterday in terms of the two guys that were most interested in for their availab- availability for Sunday's game. I don't know if you read between the tea leaves. You'd probably f- come away from it feeling less excited. Like, I, I, I feel like if, there was, if it was definitively known, like, oh, he's going to be good to go, that they... John Harbaugh probably would be inclined to tell you that at this point. But I don't know that either. Like, I'm just sort of BSing. I don't know. I don't know what the likelihood is of either Mark Andrews or Marlon Humphrey being available for Sunday. And John Harbaugh was very vague. Like, well, there's going to be an injury report, and you guys can probably decipher it based on what you see on that injury report. All right, so it's just any other game to him. That's And... and, and I feel like sometimes when it's obvious, John Harbaugh will be inclined to be like, oh, yeah, 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 he's good to go. We're ready ready to go. But it's not always. It's not like the fact that he didn't say that yesterday determinedly says they're not able to go. Sometimes it really is a we need to monitor it during the week and we need to see where they are and if they can get out there. You know, I am... I don't like waiting any more than anybody else does. I'd rather know today. I'd rather it's like the guarantee fairy, right? Like you want them to go ahead and slide that guarantee right underneath your pillow and make you feel all comfortable. But man, that's the way it goes. We're not going to know. And by the way, the Ravens look pretty good even without Marlon Humphrey and Mark Andrews, which doesn't mean that I would prefer to not play with them. But I'm not panicked about whether or not not having Marlon Humphrey or Mark Andrews, they've ironically played their best football of the season, arguably without Mark Andrews. 
I mean, I get it. The the Detroit game and the uh, Seattle game, they played with Mark Andrews. So I don't know if if we definitively say that the the three wins in the last four games they've played are definitely better than those wins were. I don't know how you measure those two things. I'm no measurement expert. I didn't go to measurement school. I went for like a day, and then they, I, I was in the wrong place. I thought it was a completely different thing. I, you know, it was very, very embarrassing for me when I showed up with no pants. <laughs> like they were like, "What do you think we're doing here?" And I was like, "Well, measurement." Oh, oh, all right. I, I guess I'll just be on with my day then. Thanks. Um, I don't know. I don't know. If we say that definitively. I think because of the quality of the opponent in the Dolphins, 49ers, and Texans, we're inclined to say that this has been their best football. But you know, the Lions are in the NFC Championship game. So I don't know definitively how you mark which one is uh, the best stretch of football that they've played. Ooh, ooh, ah! If you'd like, uh, we could get four hundred dollar get in tickets to the game on uh, on on Sunday. I just wanted I I was interested, so I poked into the the on sale. I'm not right. I'm not buying tickets. I want that to be I I don't have it's not right for me. I will tell you guys that we have talked more about Project Game Day. I think the plan is going to be Project Game Day after the NFC Championship game. Most of that is for reasons if they win. If they win, I think everybody wants to have some fun and party and celebrate and watch the post-game ceremony, and then it'd be cool to like know who the opponent's going to be for the Super Bowl, so we can kind of talk about that a little bit. So for reasons of if they win, we think it would be good to do Project Game Day later. The flip side is we don't want to talk about the flip side. So, like, the thing where we say, hey, if they win, we do it later. If they lose, we do it right after the game. We're kind of just deciding that we're going to go ahead and say we're doing it after the game and not talk about the negative possibilities. And it's what it is. So the plan for now is Project Game Day will be after the NFC championship game. When that ends, come join us, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, youtube.com slash pressboxonline, pressboxonline.com slash video for Project Game Day. It's all brought to you by A.J. Michaels, Superbook Sports, HelpMyGamblingProblem.org, and Goose Flights. We will see you on Sunday after the second game, after the NFC Championship game. We will see you for Project Game Day. Um. I appreciate what our friend uh, Spencer Schultz, who does uh, gambling for us at PressBoxOnline.com, I appreciate what he's been doing on Twitter. He's been like trying to facilitate um, reselling tickets for people so that they go to Ravens fans and that you don't have to pay fees for reselling them on you know, Ticketmaster yeah. or whatever website, C-Geek. yeah, whatever it is that you'd be selling them on. Um, shout out Spencer. I think that's a cool thing. I think it's a neat idea. I, 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 the get-in prices, if you can get them, right? Like right now, if you can get in at $359, I, I wouldn't mess around. I would just go ahead and get yourself those tickets. I don't think that there is going to be a crash this week similar to what we saw a week ago. I, I just don't see that happening. Um, you know, obviously I could be wrong. I've been wrong plenty of times before in my life. But... Given the fact that it is the first time there's been an AFC Championship game in Baltimore, I would be surprised if the tickets crashed. I think there will continue to be great interest 
in seeing an AFC Championship game in Baltimore, and the tickets will continue to be astronomical as the week goes on. Now, um, it, I, I haven't looked at the weather more recently. Is there still supposed to be like rain um, in the forecast I think, like, on the Sunday? The rain might be cleared up by Sunday. Really? Which is, uh, yeah, it's a big development. Because that would be the only thing that I would have thought could have changed the demand for um, tickets on Sunday would be the rain. Oh, now it's back. Okay. It also looks about 10 degrees colder than I thought it was going to well, be. Well, well, so maybe I'm completely wrong. And who knows, when we check back tomorrow, it might, to- be, totally might be back to 70. Could, yeah, it could be nice. That would be the one thing that I think could end up later in the week bringing prices down slightly. If some of the people that have money but aren't like hardcore fans, and they're like, hey, I, you know, I'd like to see this, then look up and say, oh, it's... It's going to be miserable on Sunday. Eh, I'm good. I'd rather not sit outside through that. That would be the one thing that I would think could bring prices back down. I was trying to think about, like, does the rain help or hurt if it is raining? What does it say, by the way? What does it Um, All right, so it looks like Saturday night it will definitely rain Saturday night. Well, they're not playing the game on Saturday night. I'm just trying to give you the full weather report here. And then Sunday, Sunday we thought it was going to be mid-50s. It looks like it's more like mid-40s now. Okay. And about a 50% chance of rain like all day. Cold rain. Showers. Cold rain is awful. Yeah. Just awful. 10, about 10 10 mile per hour winds. Uh, I'm not going. Not my problem. Not my problem. Like, unless somebody invites me to sit in there, unless I get Josh Charles treatment on <laughs> Carmelo Anthony. You said Taylor Swift so sweet? Yeah, unless I, yeah, correct. Jason Kelsey right. says, hey, buddy, could use a shirtless pal. <laughs> you know, we, I, I, have a fr- I have a friend of a friend of Jason Kelsey. We should see if we can't get Jason Kelsey on the show this week. Right. Um, I, uh, unless that happens. Unless I get that invite. He said you have to cheer for the Chiefs. Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Well, but but you, I would do shirt. Be there. I would do shirtless. If Jason Kelsey said, "Dude, I'd like you to sit next to me," but it's because I need a shirtless pal. That experience would be enough for me to be like, you know what, man, I'll be your shirtless buddy on Sunday. I'll do that. I went shirtless to Maryland football games in November when I was a kid. When I was a, I don't know, senior. I don't even know if I was my fourth year. I don't even know if I was a senior. <laughs> my fourth year, um, uh, our friend uh, Aaron Oster, who's a uh, part of jobbing out, he and some of his buddies had been going to games as DeQuell's Army. So DeQuell Jackson was right. playing football okay. at Maryland at the time, and they would paint DeQuell across their tw- their chests Fantastic. and wear army helmets, <laughs> and I think fatigues. Right, like, and it was a good bit. I appreciated and respected the bit, but like Thanksgiving weekend, I'll, a yeah. lot of folks were back home and unavailable. So I I could not join them because I was working the games. This was when I was still working for the school at the time. This is before my, eh, maybe I just transitioned. No, I think I was still working for the school at the time. Um, and so I couldn't I couldn't join them for these shenanigans. Why but not? Uh, because I was working. You were working the game. Yes, okay. I was working right, during right, the game. Okay, fine. Yes. So. I don't know. He kept bugging me about it. Like, dude, we don't have enough people for DeQuell's Army for the Thanksgiving weekend game. Everybody went home. Like, we need people. And I was just like... DQ or... Uh, yeah, I guess they could have done yeah. that. But I was I was like, I don't know, bro. Like, it's it's pretty cold outside. I'm supposed to work. Like, I'd have to tell him I can't work. And I don't make money. And, you know, you're 22 and, and broke. And see you down there. Right? 
Uh, yeah, right. By the way, can't, sorry, can't be there on Saturday. And then they look down, they're like, hey, does that guy, does that guy look like Glenn? Didn't he say he was home with his family this week? Can't weekend? be Glenn. He's got that's a shirt uh, off and he's yeah, got his right? chest painted. That's, that's, uh, that's weird. I thought he worked for us. Uh, but he, like, coerced me. He, like, kept... He kept bugging me about it. And then I think I was out drinking the night before, and I was like, all right, fine, I'll call out. Because, <laughs> you know, at 22, you'll do anything. So I remember, like, I, 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 I don't know why, but we didn't even, like, bring jackets to the game with us. We didn't even have, like, commit. a backup plan for, like, hey, if it's cold, and, like, between, maybe b- during the end of the quarter, at least, we put a jacket on for a little while. No, and the other part that sucked, it was like a noon kickoff. I don't even think it was that big of a game. Like, it was a noon kickoff, and like it, you had to get in line in order to get, because they wanted to be in the front row for DeQuell's Army. You had to get in line by, like, 9 a.m., which meant that you had to wake up at, like, 7 to get your chest painted before you went to the game, and you had gone out drinking the night before. God, it was miserable. So you didn't feel anything. I didn't. I didn't feel a thing. But I would, if Jason Kelsey wanted me to be a shirtless pal, I've always down to be a shirtless. I consider myself like, uh, you know, it's a lot like Jeremy Kahn running around in the snow right, last okay. Friday. Yeah. Anything for the bit. Right. I'll always be a, a man for doing the bit, but not rooting for the Chiefs. That's not, that part of it's not happening. That, forget that. Well, you, but you know, deep down in your heart, you're rooting for the Ravens. I understand, but, like, but I don't. He's like, if you're in this suite, you got to cheer when yeah, the Chiefs do Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to put myself out there that way. I, I would be right. willing to be because I I'm used to going to games and not being able to cheer at all okay, from when yes. I was, you know, when I when I would cover, you know, I I, I still when I do but play you by be play. Stone colding. Yeah, I I'd, I'd be okay when, being neutral. I'd be fine like not cheering for the Ravens. I'd be fine just indifferent. Like, oh, how about that? It's cold outside. Shirts off. Nips out for Ke- Harambe. Between Jason Kelsey Harambe. and Taylor Swift. Yeah, right? I'm, I'd be fine with all that. But I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't think I could do it the other way. Anyway, what are we, t- oh, we're talking about the weather. That's what we were talking about. Yeah, not a problem for me. I'll be, uh, I'll be at home. It'll be lovely in my house. The rest of you can enjoy that. And uh, good luck with your tickets. And I, again, I don't think they're going to crash. I don't think there's going to be a, a $100 ticket available for the AFC Championship game. I think it's possible you can get in for under 5, right? Like if that's what if the if the on-sale price the lowest I saw was 359, I think it's possible that doesn't explode. Like I, there are an, absolutely people that are on there today buying tickets purposely con- for the for the point of reselling them. Jerks. It's what it is, man. It's America and this is what we do. So Three fifty nine plus fees is probably what four uh, yeah, close to four. four. Oh, it's definitely four. I was gonna say more like four twenty. So what do you think? Sixty dollars fees. Yeah. <sighs> um. So like, if it's four twenty all told, and somebody wants to try to make a profit off it, they're gonna try to bump them up to five twenty, right? Like they want to say we want to make a hundred dollars off this, the effort that we put in for the ticket. So I could see that be a struggle, and like at some point during the week the tickets come slightly below 500 i could see that for a get in but i don't think a lot better than that i think the people that a couple weeks ago spent like 6 700 750 dollars something like that on the guarantee of tickets it's probably going to be about about right particularly depending on where your tickets are if they're lower level i think you'll feel i think you'll end up saying to yourself okay i made the right decision here um but you know we'll see we'll see and the weather is the one thing that could be a factor 
Uh, what else did I want to cover today before we uh, before we chatted with Mike Golick Jr.? I watched tennis. That was what yeah, I was, was into. Yeah, it was a darn. I had weird. It was a oh yeah. It was a weird night, man. That was a terrible tennis match. What Coco? Like, yeah, it was awful. It was, it was long. It was, it was long and it was bad. Like there was so much bad there, tennis involved with. They that. both had how many unforced errors at the end of it? I don't remember, but it was awful. Like, like, like both it had was like just, fifty or sixty. Uh, what, what's the was her Kostyuk was just hitting like she was just out there ripping it and like I don't know if she baited. Why did we need the? At the ultra zoomed in shot of her feet. Oh, and she was at the chain when she was getting medical. Well, that's not. That's they kept actually going back to it. Well, it was, it's not abnormal. Well, maybe it's whoever for, was maybe whoever it's was for fetish it. people, right? right like yeah. I don't whoever know. Whoever was calling it was like, we don't need to. Well, I get that. Some like there's a weird thing with feet where like either you are obsessed with them or you're revolted by them. Like there's nobody. I don't think I'm revolted. See, I'm feet. neutral about like right. I just don't care. But that still right? felt like, like a bit much. I think it's weird the people that are obsessed with them. But like I don't get grossed out by like the shot. Yeah. What's that? We're fetish shaming. No, I'm. I, if it's what you're into, it's what you're into. It's just not for me, man. Like it's just not my. Yeah, we don't kink shame. Everybody knows that. Um, it's just not for me. Like I, I don't, I don't do that bit. But that's it's it's. I'm very neutral about it. Like it's a part of a person's body. Like if we can see their shin, I don't understand why we can't. Like I, it's weird the other way to me too. Like when you're grossed out by feet. You're like, ah, I don't want to see that. Like, what? it's a, it's a body part. You ever been to the beach? <laughs> Lots of feet out We're there. Staring at the feet. How, how, I'm not, no, you don't have to stare at them. But if you're grossed out by feet, how do you handle being at the beach? They're everywhere. Just nothing but feet. I don't get the being gross. Nobody's asking you to smell them. Nobody's asking you to do that. Nobody's asking you to Rex Ryan this. Like, nobody's asking for any of that. It's just seeing feet and people to genuinely get grossed out by like, oh, I don't want to see that. Like, it's 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 not someone's grundle. Like, we're not asking you to like look up their it, like cavities. Like, we're it's a foot. That's it. That's all it is. And I understood that it was because of it. Anyway, Coco Golf survives, and so we will get the Coco Golf uh, Arena Sabalenka semifinal, which most people will say is basically the championship in the semifinals. And they're probably right, but, you know, it's a goofy sport. You never know what might happen. And if Coco plays like she did last night, then she could lose to a lot of people. That was yeah. that was brutal. What an awful – and it just kept going. And I really wanted to watch Fritz Djokovic. One, I don't know why they started at 9 p.m. last night instead of just starting at 7. Like, that was a weird bit to begin with. So now they backed up everything. The center match – the center match only went three sets, and it didn't end – I like didn't leave the house until it was over. It didn't end until after nine fifteen. I'm like, what? Are, what are we doing? Like, what? I, whatever. That's their world. Um, Djokovic dropped the set, but ultimately did handle Taylor Fritz. So it does set up the other kind of great semifinals. So these, like the semifinals from last night's quarterfinals, are awesome. Coco Golf, Arena Sabalenka, tremendous. Novak Djokovic, Yannick Sinner, outstanding. I know everybody just assumes that Djokovic will race past Yannick Sinner, but Yannick Sinner actually has won two of the last three matches he's played against Novak Djokovic. Now, neither one of them was a five-setter. That's a different world. I absolutely still think that Novak Djokovic deserves to be the favorite, but um, your boy did put a little cash on Yannick Sinner to win the Australian Open before the tournament began, so I've got a lot of rooting interest in Yannick Sinner in that semifinal. The rest of the quarterfinals are tonight at the Australian Open. Of course, the other story today is that we will learn who reaches the Baseball Hall of Fame. That announcement is coming up at 6 o'clock. 
Adrian Beltre seems to be a slam dunk to get in. Uh, the others that right now are on the good side of the bubble are Joe Maurer, who with about 50% of the ballots known is sitting at 84.4%. Todd Helton is sitting at 82.8%. If he loses 7%, he'd still be okay. Actually, it's bumped down to 82.1%, but still he could lose 7% and be okay. Uh, Billy Wagner's at 77.8%. That does not seem likely. Gary Sheffield has dipped below the number at 74.9%. So we will find out definitively who makes the Hall of Fame coming up tonight at 6. All right, let's talk a little AFC Championship game. Joining us now, this man, of course, you've been a fan of his, whether it's uh, for his football analysis or his uh, consumption of mayonnaise and other products. He, of course, is part of the Gojo and Golik program, DraftKings. He is Mike Golik Jr., and he is back with us now here on GCR. Mike, it's uh, it's Glenn. It's always good to catch up, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. Of course. Appreciate you having me. Uh, I, I It is so interesting now realizing that I feel like I'm expected to show up with mayonnaise everywhere I go at this it, point. So maybe I'll just start to make this part of the bit at Super Bowl week this week. Oh, this year. I'm all, and you know, in fact, I think if I remember correctly, are you guys broadcasting from the Circa at the, uh, during Super Bowl week? So we will actually be a radio road. Oh, you're doing Joe okay. Golick. We'll be over there with everyone else. Dan Levitard, show our good buddies over That's here. That's who's going on. Are going to be at Circa out of the pool because Dan Levitard, if he's going to be at the Super Bowl, can't be that well, far from a pool at any I don't blame time. him for that at all. And uh, the same offer was extended to me if the Ravens are in the Super Bowl. Do you want to broadcast from the pool? And I said, yeah, I think I'd rather do that. So um, I think that's actually where I'm going to be hanging out if the Ravens make the Super Bowl. Because it seems – I've done the radio road thing plenty of times. I just think I'm over it at this point, Mike. Like, it's dizzying. My radio head spins. Radio Row is hell, if we're all being it's honest. Awful. Like It's great for the first couple of days to see all of our friends from different right. outlets and the whole sports media world come together. But then after that, it's a bunch of people not seeing the sun for long stretches of the day. We all work in radio for the most part, so there's a reason most of us aren't on TV. I'm sweaty as hell. I'm subsisting on whatever snacks are around there at the time <laughs> just to keep me going and gas-bagging yeah. about the same game. So, yep. yeah, go hang out at the pool, man. That's a yeah, win. Yeah, that seemed like a, a much better way to spend the week if that's the way it works out. Well, let's get there because, that, you know, obviously we're hoping that it works out that way. Uh, I saw on uh, on Twitter that on your show you're, you're kind of letting it be known that you're believing in the Baltimore Ravens. And I, I'm in this weird place, Mike, where, like, I – I know better than to dismiss the Kansas City Chiefs. I know better than to think that they can't beat the Baltimore Ravens. That's Patrick Mahomes that we're talking about. That's the team that's done it and proven it time and time again. And whenever you want to write them off, they're zombies. You can't kill them. But I just have such absurd confidence in the way that the Baltimore Ravens are playing right now that I I don't know. I'm not... It feels like if they lose, it's going to have to be because they conspire, that they help to screw it up right now. Because if they play their best football or the football they're capable of playing, I just don't know that anybody's beating them. No, I would agree. And I think that's why I do lean Baltimore in this game is because at this point, if they play their best game, they are the better football team overall. And that's not to say the Kansas City Chiefs, the most resourceful team in football, like everything the Brady-led and Belichick-led Patriots were over the years, 
where they could morph into whatever the situation needed. That's Kansas City. This last weekend was a perfect example. The Chiefs won more three tight end sets than they had the entire year to go and try and beat Buffalo. They managed to manufacture big plays out of that, isolating linebackers and coverage. And defensively, Steve Spagnuolo is probably the best bespoke game plan designer on defense in the modern NFL. So he's going to have them ready. But for Baltimore, once injury didn't pop up for this team in the way that it normally had during the Lamar Jackson tenure down the stretch of the season, they had a big chance because they've combined incredible personnel across the board with really a schematic advantage on both sides of the ball now. What Mike McDonald's done with that defense is incredible. They're a death star, but offensively, they finally have options. And that's always been what's worked for Pat and the Chiefs is they have options on offense. Now the Ravens have options because in addition to a dynamic running game that's the best in the NFL, they've also got a downfield and especially midfield passing game that has real players that Lamar Jackson can throw to and a scheme that's actually calling the plays now that Todd Munkin's at the helm. So what did you make of the slow start they had against the Texans? Because I feel like that's the one thing that I would say, hey, you're a little bit – I think – that if you allow the Chiefs to hang around a little bit more, you're in a bit more peril than you would have been against the Texans. To me, it, it felt like they weren't prepared for the Texans' blitz because the Texans didn't blitz all that much. I expected them to, you know, to, to, to figure that out, and they did. But is there a bit of a danger if they were to get off to a similar slow start against the Chiefs on Sunday? Well, I don't think so, just because I don't expect this game to be anything other than hard-fought and close. Like, these are both really good football teams, and in the postseason, it's about the adjustments you make after the initial blow. You're going to get everybody's best opening stanza in a lot of these games. It's why I don't really blink too hard at the beginning of most football games, because we know most people script the opening 15 or whatever plays, and so you're getting all the probing there. It's what you do with the information after that. And what Baltimore did with the information after that was looked like the more mature and composed football team versus the Houston Texans. And so early on, Spags is going to have something that I'm sure Baltimore hasn't seen or prepared for or seen on tape, but they've displayed an aptitude for absorbing that information. And then because they are so dynamic on both sides of the football they've done a really good job of then finding answers for whatever the opposing team poses. So to me, you could attribute part of that to maybe the rust of the bye in the first round, the way we always talk about with teams. But I would also say you're playing good football teams now. That Texans team is young and they showed that youth, but it's still a really good, really well-coached football team by and large. And so that wasn't all that surprising. It's so funny you say that. Mike Golick Jr. is with us. Like The question came up yesterday and said, "Are you know?" I was posed that, like, would the Chiefs be more likely to take advantage of it? And I, I said weirdly, I'm like, do I know definitively at the moment that the Chiefs have a better offense? I know that they have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, but do I know definitively that they have a better offense than the Houston Texans? And it's weird because I know the answer should be yes, but I couldn't just immediately say that given how these teams have been playing of late. Yeah, the answer is they have a less explosive offense, but I think it's still better because they know themselves a lot more. Like What what came to be in Houston was an incredible combination of quarterback with the right offensive line pieces in front of him and some really good young receivers and Bobby Slowick's a great play caller. Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes have the benefit of so much experience that they can do things like they did last weekend that were previously not their MO for a large portion of the season, but can draw back on. You know, thirteen personnel, multiple tight ends was something the Chiefs did a ton last year and a little bit less this season, but because they had that experience, they can go back to the well on stuff in a way that wasn't accessible to this Houston Texas team because C.J. Stroud just doesn't have that kind of experience. He hasn't right. seen as much 
as Pat and these guys. And so I, I do think it's a good matchup for Baltimore, given that what happened for the Chiefs the first two rounds of this postseason when you look at their run? They have had issues protecting on the edges. Their offensive tackles have struggled. The first round, they went up against the Miami Dolphins team that was so devoid of edge rushers because of injury, they had to sign guys off the street the week before the game. Then you look at the next round. All right, they're going up against the Buffalo Bills team. Suffered a bunch of injuries on wildcard weekend. And so you had A.J. Klein playing linebacker who was like a third-string guy who wasn't even supposed to be there. And then he got hurt during portions of that game. And so Travis Kelsey has multiple touchdowns in that game. They go big tight end sets to try and attack that weakness. The Baltimore Ravens defense doesn't really have a lot of weakness, and certainly not in the areas the Chiefs are strongest at, which is still led by that tight end room. Rasheed Rice has come on now, but I look at the matchup in the middle of the field for Baltimore, you're automatically going to pair well between your linebacker room led by Roquan with what Kyle Hamilton's been in the secondary with the Chiefs' best punch, which is in that tight end room still, and then having Rasheed Rice be the guy that goes off of that and has had a great season. He is Mike Golick Jr. He's chatting with us here on GCR. And, Mike, that's, I guess what I've been trying to figure out is, like, if the Chiefs are a team that's rising through these playoffs or if it's more like they've just kind of figured it out and they've had some good fortune, the Bills kind of yacked on themselves in the fourth quarter, the Dolphins clearly were decimated and were going the wrong way. Like, I can't figure out if the danger in the Chiefs is that they're, they are playing their best football and rising or if the story's more like, eh, they've just sort of – kind of gotten through it's not like they're that much better than they were during the course of the season uh, I, I would say it's it's both parts of that I do think the matchups have mattered and there are certain spots where they ended up having an advantage because injury affected the other team in a way that it didn't Kansas City but I also do think again they're great like you always think of like machine learning how an AI learns over time that's kind of how Pat and Andy are like, if you give them over the course of a long season, they've looked at all the mistakes in the wide receiver room. They've looked at the growth of Rasheed Rice. They analyze their personnel and then use the strengths that they have as well or better than any organization in football. So I do think they're getting better. They got a little healthier on the offensive line. You know, Donovan Smith came back after the last game to start the postseason after they had had issues with Wanye Morris, who was a young player who'd come in there and struggled a bit. And they're getting the best out of that group at the right time. Isaiah Pacheco has been a revelation for them since he got there and is such a difficult runner. And in a time of year where the weather gets cold, there's a premium paid on that physical football more than ever. He certainly helps lend to that brand. And then defensively, I mean, these are guys that just understand how to close in the postseason. Chris Jones, I saw Mina Kimes say it the other day, one of the premier closers on defense in the postseason in our football lifetime, especially what he's done with mm -hmm. them since they've started winning Super Bowls, and you saw that pop up again last week where he's dumping Deion Dawkins into Josh Allen's lap on a throw that would have probably otherwise been a touchdown. So I think these guys understand the stage and are comfortable at this time of season as much or more than anybody else, and that does count for something when the margins are close otherwise. What impresses you most about the Ravens, Mike? Like, what about the reason why we're so confident in this team? What is it that most impresses you about what they've done in putting together this complete team football that they have played from the, you know, the second half of the regular season into the postseason. I think when you get great players to understand the role that they play in something and you're able to kind of satisfy all of those desires at once, it's really impressive to me from a coaching standpoint. Like you think defensively of this football team, there's a lot of great individual players. Kyle Hamilton's an all-pro. Roquan Smith's an all-pro. Justin Matabike led the team in sacks and is going to be coming up for a payday. Jadavion Clowney was a former number one overall pick. And you've got all this talent here, but you've gotten them to understand, hey, 
we've got a scheme that can be a weapon in and of itself. And at times it's going to require you guys to do things that allow somebody else to get that shine in that moment. They play so together and they all for being high level players physically and their ability. And that shows up plenty. They are also so stellar from the neck up. You've got such a great leader in Roquan on that side that the way they've been able to marry these great abilities with a scheme that's truly innovative has been a ton of fun to watch. And then I think offensively just, how patient they were impressed me with this Baltimore team. Because remember, it didn't look like it did at the end of the season. At the beginning, they were plagued by drops. There was all this inconsistency there. You dealt with the injury of Mark Andrews towards the back half of the season, and they just kept going to work and kept saying, all right, we believe in what Todd Munkin is trying to implement here. We know our quarterback is good enough to bail us out while some of these mistakes happen, and they just kept hammering away, and they pulled out the hammer and chisel and kept working to the point where now we're seeing the best version of this offense after all of the work and after some of the mistakes that would have had the confidence of a lesser team, I think, waver in certain moments. That's the common thread, I think, that Kansas City and Baltimore have in common is you look at this weekend for the Chiefs, the Nicole Hardman fumbles. The fact that they gave the ball back to him after that, the mm-hmm. fact that Pat Mahomes mm-hmm. has targeted Kadarius Toney after mistakes this season, all of those are teams that understand we're going to need everybody eventually. Baltimore's that same way, where they didn't let mistakes early on influence their belief in what they could be towards the end of the season, and it's paid off huge for them. I worry that I get hyperbolic when I talk about Lamar Jackson, Mike. Like I, I, I feel like I'm watching an artist. I feel like I'm watching Jimi Hendrix at Woodstock. Like I, it's, it's not just the way he's playing it's the leadership side of it. It's the focus. It's the zone. It's the drive. Like it, it is Michael Jordan esque to me. What we're seeing from Lamar Jackson. There was a moment on Saturday, and a lot of us have talked about it, where like he is ab- demonstratively getting after his offensive lineman, and the response back isn't like, "Dude, what the f? Settle down." It's okay. We're we get it. And then they go out and they play maybe the best you know stretch of football that I've seen from the offensive line all season in the second half and you know he's he's cussing them out at halftime and they're responding to it like I just I, I maybe this is something that you would see in a lot of places and Ray Lewis certainly was a great leader in Baltimore and even Anquan Bolden was you know was a, a was capable of being demonstrative when he talked but I don't I don't know that I've seen this combination of play plus drive plus focus plus all of it from an athlete and it's 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 like beautiful it's like truly poetic to watch this right now to me so i I think what happens with lamar and you mentioned the communication style there because we can all see it this is always who lamar's been and to me that's important is lamar jackson is consistent and authentic and i think as athletes and in general as people those are things that we prioritize a lot i want to know you're going to be the same guy in any situation no matter what And we have seen this fiery Lamar Jackson and the way he deals with coaches and the way he deals with his peers on the team since he got to Baltimore, really. Maybe he's gotten more comfortable with that and there's certain elements of leadership that he's grown into. But I think that's always been consistent. And so I know for me, when it came to game days, it was about results. I had coaches that would dog cuss me up and down. But at the end of the day, we knew we were all trying to search for results and do whatever we took to get there. Conflict is the love language that drives results, in my mind, in Hmm. sports because you've got a bedrock of trust that's born of that consistency over time. And everything about the way Lamar Jackson leads comes down to the team knows exactly who Lamar is at all times and that he is going to be the exact same way in all these pressure situations 
that they've seen in the past. And there's a calm that comes with that in how you process whatever he's saying. So you listen to what is Lamar Jackson saying, not necessarily how he's saying it, and then let's go to work and fixing it. Because we know if we fix it, we got a guy in that backfield who's going to make a home run play happen nine times out of ten. Yeah, that's the, it's, it's funny talking to guys that are like, yeah, we, we just have such unbelievable faith in who he is and what he's doing that we want to live up to his standard. Like, we, we want to be – we recognize where that cat is. We want to be with him, right? And it's – oh, man, it's just – it's kind of beautiful for us to see. All right, uh, Mike Golick Jr., what can we plug for you, my friends? Yeah, hey, listen, go Joan Golick, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday on the DraftKings Network, the YouTube channel. It's on Samsung TV Plus and Roku, all that good stuff. You can obviously get it wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, in the meantime, if you can't catch us live, me and Dad just, you know, going at it each and every day. We'll be, like you said, at Radio Row uh, coming up for the Super Bowl, which will be exciting. We'll be out in Vegas that whole week. And uh, for anyone that's in the uh, Chicago area, if anyone that's listening here might be going to visit Chicago or have relatives out there, I'm going to be out at the DraftKings Sportsbook in Wrigley for the conference championship games this cool. weekend, doing a game watch there, hanging out with people. It should be a ton of fun. That's very cool. And, and again, dousing everything in mayonnaise because that's just the way that it goes now. Like, that's just who you are. It's the life you're going to have to Amen, live. brother. Hey, man. It, there's worse things that you can be associated with, my friend. There's no doubt. At Mike Golick Jr. on Twitter is how you follow him. Always appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for taking the time for us, and hopefully I'll see you out in Vegas in a couple weeks. Absolutely, man. I'm coming to your set by the pool. Dude, we would, love to, we would love to have you over there. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for taking the time for us. Thanks. Mike Golick Jr. with us here on uh, GCR. Appreciate him taking the time for us. As uh, always, he's great. Is it, yeah. uh, so we are going to take a break, yes. and then we will chat with Marcus Spears. In about well, Marcus minutes. Spears is going to join us. Yes. Well, that's yeah. random. It is. Oh, I like that, though. Okay, well, what are we going to do about... We're going to figure everything else yes, out? Yes, yes, everything else is figured out. We'll figure everything else out. Wonderful. I love Marcus Spears. Former Baltimore Raven Marcus Spears from ESPN is going to join us next as we continue along here on a uh, Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, it's Jeremy Kahn. This postseason, bet in person at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks with locations in Canton and in Towson and enjoy the best in-class sports wagering experience at their state-of-the-art facilities, bringing an unmatched sports betting thrill. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of special Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. 
Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels, Heating and Air Conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Hungry? With seven locations throughout Maryland, Glory Days Grill is always right around the corner. They have wings, burgers, salads, sandwiches, and drinks to satisfy everyone, as well as tons of televisions and sound delivered right to your phone. Whether you're a Ravens fan or rooting for one of those other guys, Glory Days is the best place to watch football or whatever your favorite sport is. While you're there, be sure to check out Goose Flights Lager, named in honor of legendary Raven Tony Goose Siragusa. $2 of every can is donated to the Goose Flights Foundation. Glory Days Grill. Great food, good sports. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR? That's that's the... There we go. Thank you. Uh, Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app. The numbers currently, Ravens minus three and a half. Three and a half. 49ers by a touchdown. Those are the lines for Sunday's games. You can find them at Superbook. Ravens' first half spread, by the way, is minus two and a half. Minus .5 for the first quarter. I think I might bet the first quarter, actually. I think I might go that route. I think I might be a first quarter better on Sunday. So, uh you can feel something about those. Use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up at Superbook.com or download the Superbook app. You'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose, from Superbook. Again, Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app. Use the code GlennClark23. Um, Mike McDonald and Anthony Weaver getting second interviews with the Atlanta Falcons. And it's such an awkward spot because I love Anthony Weaver, right? He's just a great guy. He's been somebody that I've known for a really long time. Um, it's awkward how much Ravens fans would be rooting for Anthony Weaver to get the Falcons job for two reasons. One, because it means Mike McDonald doesn't get the Falcons job. And then two, uh, I believe that that would get the Ravens a third-round pick, right, because it would be oh. a minority assistant coach that would be hired by another team as head coach. So I believe it gets you a compens- uh, compensatory third-round pick when that happens. So... It's very awkward because it feels like we're openly like rooting for Anthony Weaver to leave. Like, yeah, take that Falcons job. And that's unfair because Anthony Weaver's great and I love Anthony Weaver. Like I really as a person, uh few guys that are better. But um you know. <laughs> hey man. <laughs> love you. If you were a defensive coordinator and they're having this season, we probably wouldn't be rooting the same way. But if you can be the one that prevents Mike McDonald from leaving, it like uh we're, it's just it's not a, it's it ain't personal baby it ain't that we we love you it's just you know the defense is working and we kind of would like to not screw that up if it's possible so uh we will see how that goes it is weird to me that there are still this many jobs that we've we're this deep into it 
and the only jobs that have been filled have been filled internally. So it has to do with like the because they changed the rules, right? Where like you can't do was it in person interviews can't start until was it this week? Uh, second interviews, I oh, think okay. maybe so was the case. Okay. Was that they couldn't start till this week. But like so. I, I guess it's it's weird to again if you're gonna hire Bill Belichick, how many interviews do you need to do? Like. Honest to God, and maybe it's I, – I would have to go back and look. And does the Rooney rule require you to also have done a second interview with a minority candidate as well as, you know, having done the first I, – I don't – I got to be honest with you. I haven't paid that much attention because the Ravens haven't been in the market for a head coach in a long time. It just feels like teams have been – I know part of it is they bumped the senior bowl back, and that was always like the, the week – so we should call someone in Carolina. They'll know all the head coaches. Yeah, they might understand all of the rules for this, or in Atlanta, or Nashville, or any of these places. Um, but it used to be that teams would want to have everything in place by the Senior Bowl. So there would be kind of a, a rush for that because the Senior Bowl was always the week after the championship game. And remember when it was a 17-week regular season, the championship games would have been this past weekend. So everybody wanted to have their coaches in place by then, but they bumped, yeah, obviously, both things back, both the regular season adding an extra week and then the senior bowl moving back. There hasn't been quite a rush. I would still think that most teams would want to have their coaches in place by next week in the senior bowl if possible unless they have the targeted an assistant coach who's on a team that's playing in the Super Bowl. We will continue to monitor that. Let's continue to talk some Ravens this morning. Uh, this was always one of my favorites during the, the the brief time he was in Baltimore. And, of course, you see him on ESPN, and he is the big swagoo. He is Mr. Marcus Spears, and he was in Baltimore on Saturday. He's with us now here on GCR. Marcus, it's Glenn back in Baltimore. It's great to catch up, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. No problem. No problem, Glenn. What's up, man? Hey, man. Just dropped my son off to school. Good time to talk football. Uh, man, it's always a good time. I know you're a Louisiana guy. Have you thought out yesterday from being yet from being in Baltimore on Saturday night? Yeah, yeah, Glenn. I didn't think I was gonna make it the hell out of there, man. <laughs> it was. Uh, I thought I was gonna have to go. I thought I was gonna have to go to the emergency room before <laughs> I got on that flight. But nah, man, it was it was all good. I didn't. You said you said it when we were coming in. My brief time in Baltimore, I didn't get that brick cold like y'all have out there. <laughs> I was able to be back in Texas and enjoy some 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 normal weather. But nah, it was a good time, man. It was good putting my eyes on the team and seeing a bunch of the guys that I know. Um, but yeah, it was cold. It was cold, man. It you, was cold. You know, you said seeing some of the guys you know. Obviously, one of them is John Harbaugh, right? And I wonder if we could just start there, Marcus. Yeah. Like that, this guy has evolved the way that he has over the years and he had been written off a couple of times and you know he had been sort of cast aside mm -hmm. like he's probably going to be out and I know that Lamar Jackson goes a long way into changing the narrative around John Harbaugh but knowing how you knew him and what you saw of him at the time how impressed have you been by John Harbaugh's evolution and being the guy who's you know doing the dance numbers in the locker room after the game on Saturday yeah which is a great question man because I think in order for longevity in this business, um, you have to have the ability to evolve and kind of understand the new athlete that's coming in. It changes. Um, and and I, it's a lot of coaches that don't want to acknowledge that, but the reality is a lot of these guys, are they have different character. Not saying it's bad, but it's different character. They, they are starting to be famous in high school all the way up until they get to the pros. Um, what's happening in college now, you're just dealing with a different – type of maturity, a different type of athlete. And I think for John, like, 
embracing that. But and, and you mentioned Lamar, but also embracing that. You know, when Lamar came out in the draft, there wasn't too many people that wanted him to play quarterback. It wasn't too many people that were going to invest in that. I know Ozzy had a um, a lot to do with that. Who was one of my favorite people on earth, um, the former general manager. But, but John has has figured out a way to connect with these guys. He's figured out a way not only to connect with them, but to be able to coach them and coach them hard and and make sure that they are prepared and and have a good understanding of what he's trying to get accomplished with his team. So I think it's tremendous, man. It was good to see him. I gave him a hug before the game. Um, And even in our brief time, you could see the impact that it has on guys. But, but Glenn, you know, like a lot of people, in in this business, man, this is a people business. Mm Mm-hmm. This business is about people, and the better you can connect with them as a head coach, the better you can connect with not only your players but kind of share that message and permeate throughout the building, the better you have an opportunity for everybody not only to be on the same page but for you to have success, and I think John has accomplished that. You bring but that. I think Lamar is his conduit to that oh. as well. Oh. I think Lamar carries that message. Marcus, you bring that up, and, and as you understand, every head coach deals with criticism, right? And and John Harbaugh has faced his share of criticism. And whenever it comes up, I've said, look, man, there, there are times where I've disagreed. There have been decisions. But what I know is that like foot, the football CEO side of being a head coach and being able to connect right. and being a leader of men, I, I, I don't know how you measure that versus the guy who's the most brilliant X's and O's mind versus the guy who always knows exactly when to go for it on fourth down, exactly when to challenge. I don't know how important, the, if we put a pie chart together, what would be the most important slice? But I know that that side of it, that leader of men, that football CEO thing, that dude has figured out that part of it, and that is extraordinarily valuable to me. Absolutely. And, and, and look, this, this is, I'm, I may be different. And obviously, you got to have a really good understanding of the game and management and all of that. That's the duty of the head coach. But it also lies into people that you hire. Are you a good person? Do you hire good people um, and put them in positions and then give them opportunities to lead in those areas that you put them in? But more importantly, I'm one of those guys where I believe if a coach can connect with his players and every Sunday or Saturday in college or every day of the week now because we play every day of the week, um, can you get those guys ready to play with a real feeling like they have a chance to win every game that they play in? And even when they don't, they believe in what where you're trying to go and where you're trying to lead them to. And I think that's, to me, that's been the trait um, that I've been fortunate enough to be around with head coaches that I've had all different. Like I had Bill Parcells who was on you, who was on your back. I had Wade Phillips who was kind of more laid back. Um, I had Nick Saban in college. Uh, who was on you. So I played for a lot of different guys, a lot of different personalities, even coming out from high school. The one common denominator, and I had a lot of success in all of those places, and those coaches had a lot of success, the one common denominator is the ability to be able to communicate with your guys and have them ready to play in a true belief that we what we are doing is to put you in the best possible situation as an individual, but also the best possible situation as a team. And if you start from there, you'll at least have guys that are willing to run through a wall for you, the cliche terms that we use. And when you look at this Baltimore team play, and and other thing, Glenn, which is so understated and we don't talk about it enough because we kind of get away from it when we, you know, are kids, they having fun. Now, everybody's going to say, well, when you're winning, you're having fun. Well, that culture is set in training camp. 
that culture is set in the offseason. That culture is set by your coach. Does he give you room to be who you are and enjoy when you are having success and not berate you or kill you when it's not going well? And I think it's a fine line between that, man, and I think John has mastered that. I was around the guy. I believe in him wholeheartedly. I understand what type of dude he is. And everybody's not going to have the same reaction. That's to every coach that's ever coached football. But for for me and my perspective, when I came in, it seems like he had the pulse of the guys, and we all all were ready to play and believed in what we were the positions that we were put in. He's the big swagoo, Marcus Spears. He's with us here on GCR. Um, Marcus, all of this right now has given us a, a pretty high level of confidence in Baltimore. It's it's all of it, right? It's the leadership. It's you know, Lamar Jackson is on one. I've compared it to, like, I, I feel like I'm watching Jimi Hendrix at Woodstock. Like, I just feel like I'm watching a genius right now when I watch Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Now the Kansas City Chiefs come to town. This is the, the Ric Flair, right? This is the be the man. You got to beat the man. And the the Chiefs, while they haven't been perfect this year, they're still the Chiefs. How, how confident should we be? It just feels to me, Marcus, like if the Ravens play football at the level they're capable of playing at, they're better, and they should yeah. beat the Chiefs, and they should beat anybody that they face because they just play such an unbelievable level of team complementary football, and they have so few weaknesses on their roster. Well, I've said this uh, publicly. I, I actually, on NFL Live yesterday, I think the Ravens have to beat themselves to lose a game yeah. the rest of the way. Um but that is also a real thing in football because, um, you know, you make mistakes. And this game, you know, Bill Belichick made a career on his team making less mistakes than the teams that he played against. Um, they didn't always dominate or blow people out in that run of six championships. They were a more disciplined team. They took care of the football. Defensively, they were tough and staunch, especially in the red zone. And they just played a clean way of football where – at some point, your opponent is going to make the mistake as opposed to you doing it. Um, that's the only thing that I think can get the Ravens from when you put 11 on 11 on the field. Now, here's the thing. There's one anomaly, and that anomaly is 15, bro. And Patrick Mahomes, and I've said it a number of times, every game that he plays in, his team has a chance to win the game. Um now, we saw the struggles and the woes, and there were some things that they did in the, in the Buffalo game from a defensive standpoint that, that kind of made me scratch my head and look like Buffalo should have had way more success than they had. But with that being said, man, I talked about this a few weeks ago on first take with Stephen A. and Mad Dog, and I told him, I said, if I'm going into the playoffs right now, and I know it's blasphemous in the football community, but I'm taking Lamar Jackson. Right now, um, that doesn't mean I think Lamar is a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes overall, but right this particular year in this offense, with what he's been able to do and accomplish, and we know Lamar has always been a great player, but this iteration of him I think is the most unstoppable offense and player in the league. And that's saying a lot with Pat Mahomes in Kansas City, but I firmly believe that. So there is a – I have Baltimore going and winning the Super Bowl. I have them going play against San Francisco, even though I think that Detroit-San Francisco one going to be tighter than I think we all anticipated. Um, but I think for the Ravens, if they play to their level and they play fairly mistake-free football 
I don't think there's a team in the NFL that can beat him. I saw you tweet the other day about Todd Munkin and how he's kept some of the running concepts and built off of that. Can, can you? And I know you're an SEC oh, guy, I right? Love it. So can, can you kind of walk me yeah, through why you it. think it's been such like a perfect marriage between Lamar Jackson and this Todd Munkin offense? Yeah. Well, the one thing is, first of all, we don't talk. I said I said this yesterday, coincidentally. We don't talk about Todd, Todd Munkin enough because he's not 36 with good hair and good looking. Yeah, yeah. Um, we want all we want all the great offensive coordinators to be these young gurus. And to me, he's been as good, if not better, than any offensive coordinator in the league, especially down the stretch. Obviously, they had to get their footing and understand how this offense was going to operate. But when you look at him, even when he came over from Georgia, for as much as we love the passing and pushing the ball down the field, he never loses that identity of physicality at the line of scrimmage and running the football. And he has the guys to do it. Um, I thought – I thought, and, and also DaCosta. I thought going to get Dalvin Cook was genius um, when it came to just where they are right now and that type of system, that zone stretch and the effectiveness, effectiveness of Lamar – being able to remove defenders out of the box whenever Dalvin is in the game. But that's another thing. Tom Munkin has been tremendous, man. He's been able to create ways to facilitate spreading the football around. He know he has a massive advantage at quarterback that can create a lot of opportunistic situations before the snap is even – before the play is even played. But the fact that you get Zay going as a rookie and understand his dynamic. The fact that you've kept OBJ um, involved in this offense enough uh, to make sure he's having an impact. You lose Mark Andrews, and now Isaiah likely look like he's going to be the next high-paid tight end in the NFL. Gus and Justice Hill, obviously it talked about Dalvin. This team, when you start trying to scheme for him and game plan for him, and now I'm going back into my defensive hat, you trying to put out a 1,000 fires, man. And it's because he has not allowed this team to become Lamar Jackson dependent until it absolutely has to happen. And it's been a beautiful thing to watch when you talk about marrying the run game with the passing game. And we all talked about the passing game and what it needed to be. And I think he's absolutely implemented that. But I think the most impressive thing about Todd Munkin this year is the fact that he hasn't forgotten that them big fellas up front are physical and we can run the football against anybody we play against. And I think that's really what makes them unstoppable, more so than Lamar being Lamar and them having a, a passing game that's evolved. And, Glenn, if you think about it, and I know you watch me, man, and we communicate back and forth, I've been talking about oh, no doubt. evolving this passing game yep. for three years. Yep. Um, and now that they have it, it's exactly what I thought it would be when I was having those thoughts, is now you got to try to go into a game and pick your poison about how you want to lose or what's the most effective way that you think you can get this offense stopped. But I did not see him still having a run game that's as dominant as it is. And to me, that's why I said what I said earlier. I don't think this team can get beat by anybody unless they beat themselves. Can I? Let me let you go with this one, Marcus, because I really, you know, you've been so great to us over the years. I always appreciate it, man. Um, the the defense yeah, last week we know was dominant, right? Like they didn't allow a single touchdown drive to yeah. the Texans, who have been playing really well, but they didn't record a sack or a turnover in that game. Is pressure enough against Patrick Mahomes, or do you have to actually make? 
the big plays, make the, you know, get the eight yard loss that takes them behind the sticks, get the critical turnover. Is pressure enough or do they have to get Patrick Mahomes on the ground or get the ball out? I think you have to get him on the ground. You have to get them in negative plays. This, this, This is what makes this quarterback a half a billion dollar guy. Um, we saw him under pressure absolutely annihilate the Buffalo Bills, and the Bills had to bring pressure because they were missing so many guys defensively. Um, the, the fortunate thing is I think the Houston Texans offensive line was a little bit better in protection than, than Kansas City's is. Um, now, one thing I like that Kansas City has done as well, and Big Andy has done, is he, he's got Pacheco and Clyde with Larry Ball uh, involved and has helped this offense and helped Pat and I think settled these receivers, and, and obviously we saw Travis Kelsey have a really good day. Um, but I think you got to get some negative plays. I think that pressure from Mike McDonald needs to come sometimes on first down um, to try to get them behind the sticks and put them in a bad way. But more importantly, man, like we know, if you think about Pat and if you think about the games that he's lost, it's been because he's been under immense amount of pressure and he's actually been sacked. You go back to the Super Bowl against um, Tampa Bay is probably the most, yeah, the one that stands out mm-hmm. to everybody. But the Philly game that they lost, he was under a lot of pressure. You know, Philly obviously became bad on defense, but they pressured him quite a bit in that game. The Jets game, um, he was pressured. He had three interceptions in that game, I believe, or something like that. So there, there has been some some ways to get to him, but let's not kid ourselves. Pat Mahomes is Pat Mahomes for a reason. Yep. You're going to have to get him on the ground and create some create some behind-the-stick situation. At MSpears96 on Twitter is how you follow him. You, of course, see him on everything on ESPN. Um, is there anything else that I can plug for you, bro? Man, that's it, brother. You know me, man. I'm, I'm, I'm all good, man. You're the when best. When this football season over, I go straight into kids' sports in the summer. So <laughs> I'll, be, uh, I'll be around, but I'll be MIA a little bit more. Hey, man, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. you. You're certainly one of the great guys in this business. And every time I see you killing it, I'm like, man, nobody deserves it more. So I really appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time for us, as always, dude. I really enjoyed this. We'll talk soon, all right? All right, G. Appreciate you, man. Y'all have a good one, man. Marcus Marcus Spears, that guy's awesome. That guy's a 10 out of 10. We've had a good run the last few weeks, man, of, of really great guests. Marcus Spears is so good at this. And I knew when he showed up in Baltimore, like he was, you know, it, it was late in his career. He was kind of doing like a cameo, really. But he could come on all the time. You could tell he had this career ahead of him he's awesome man love marcus spears all right we don't have to take a break we can go uh we can call i know we're running a couple minutes late so we can call patrick appreciate marcus spears taking the time for us hour number one of today's show was also brought to you by goose flights which is available right now at your neighborhood royal farms any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find i just did the doing the press box print read in the middle of goose flights we don't have goose flights at hundreds of locations we'd like to get it there we're working on it but right now it's three I think that's going to change this week, though. Right now, you can get Goose Flights at Guilford Hall Brewery and Station North. Six packs available. You can get it at Costas Inn and Dundalk. Six packs available. You can get it at Glory Days Grill. The can is awesome. If you're a can collector, you're going to want it. The beer is delicious. But most importantly, Goose Flights serves to continue the legacy of the great Tony Siragusa and what his family has done with the Goose Flights Foundation 
198 of every can sold goes to the Goose Flights Foundation, which provides non-emergency medical transport for those in need. So it's a win-win. Goose Flights, available at Guilford Hall Brewery, Costas Inn, and Glory Days Grill. It is Tuesday, every Tuesday. It's time for us to talk some college hoops. Joining us, you read him in the Washington Post, amongst other places. You follow him on Twitter at Discourse, D1S Course. He is our friend, Mr. Patrick Stevens, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Patrick, good morning, sir. How are you? I am well, Glenn. How are you? Everything is good here. Um, I, I, was, I was talking about this with Griffin yesterday. Like, it, if this... If a month ago, Maryland had had the stretch of four games that they've had the last four games out, perhaps you'd find yourself being encouraged by it and saying, you know, that they're playing hard, they're competitive, they're not giving, like, those things are good things. But, unfortunately, the results at this point, even as, as tough as they played Northwestern on the road, as, as, you know, as stirring as it was, they battled their way back against Michigan State, it seems like the results are kind of nails in the coffin a little bit. Like, it's just they're running out of time to have had any opportunity to put together something that resembles, uh, you know, an NCAA tournament resume. I would I would completely agree with that. And, I mean, to be perfectly candid, you know, th- these results are sort of indicative of who they are, yeah. which is not quite good enough. Um especially at the offensive end. Although they actually, when you look at it on a per-possession basis, they, 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 they scored decently in those two games out in Illinois, Illinois and Northwestern. But, uh, you know, the same things that we've been talking about all season still apply. Like, there's only so many guys um, that, that at the end of the game you look up and have actually scored points. Um, still not a great outside shooting team, although you, you'd certainly with this team take 8-22 eight, eight compared to what they were doing earlier in the season. They did a lot of things well. On, on Sunday. They, they attacked the glass really well. Uh, but at the end of the day, too many turnovers, um, didn't force enough turnovers, and you know, basically put themselves in a hole that they managed to climb out of, but you know, there's, only, there's only so much uh, gas in the tank there. So you start looking at them and, and what those opportunities for high-end wins are the rest of the way. The return game at Michigan State would certainly count as one. Illinois at home, um, maybe, you know, we can sit here and go maybe Northwestern and home, maybe Ohio State on the road. There's all mm-hmm. these maybes, but, you know, they don't have another Purdue at all. Um, you know, maybe Nebraska helps them at home. But there, there's just – there's only so many opportunities. And, and, frankly, you know, you look at this team, is it is it likely that this is a bunch that's going to be able to string together four or five in a row? And, and I, I just don't see it uh, at this point in the season against teams that are – probably better or comparable to them almost entirely the rest of the way. I, I think the one thing that maybe was most discouraging for Maryland, it's like the, the thing, you know, hey, it can't always just be Jameer Young, right? Well, like the, it wasn't mm-hmm. just Jameer Young. Dante Scott was really helpful and has arguably played some of his best, best basketball of the season, and yet it's still not enough, right? Like that to me is the part where you say, like if, if you're going to turn the ball over that much, it's not going to be enough against anybody. But like I – I, I, I don't know how to solve it because the answer isn't just, well, you've got to get more contributions from more guys. You got some contributions from some other guys. It, it's just that, like, it, it can only go, it's only going like three deep at this point. You don't have a game. Yeah, I mean, I mean there, were only, there, there were only five guys who scored for Maryland in that game. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Okay. 
um, you know, in the previous outing against uh, against Northwestern, they had four players score. Five players, four players score. I'm sorry, four players. So, you know, and this is this is the sorts of things we've been talking about for a while. You go back to that South Alabama game in uh, in November, and four players scored in that game, and they won. And you're sitting there wondering, well, what was the last time that happened? And there's been enough of this where it's like, you know, you're just simply looking for contributions anywhere you can find them, and you're not getting them. Um, you know, the other day, uh, credit to Jahari Long for coming off the bench, and you know, Tom Izzo basically said after the game, you know, <clears throat> we're playing pick our poison with guys like Young and Reese, and you know, we'll take our chances with with leaving Long open, and he yeah. made him pay pay a little bit yeah. there in the first half. But they they need like three guys to to do those sorts of things a game rather than just one. Um, and Jahari Long scores nine, but you know, Jordan Geronimo and Jamie Kaiser combined for 36 minutes and neither one of them scored. And so, you know, no knock on those guys, but they need, they, they need lots of contributions and they simply are not getting them at the offensive end. And it's, you know, it's, it's really largely the same story. It's, you know, the impressive thing is, is that they have not mostly, you know, kind of been flat on the defensive end. Yeah, you know, I would I would say they probably weren't thrilled with the way they played defense at Northwestern. Um, so the Michigan State game, it looked bad numbers wise, but at the end of the day, it, the real issue was that Michigan State was getting too many transition points in the first half, uh, and then the defense figured things out after. Uh, so it, it, the 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 scenario here for Maryland is exactly the same as what we've been talking about for a couple months. The, the offense needs to be able to generate more points. Um, and some of that comes down to, can you, you know, the same discussion we had last week, you know, can you set up the press? Well, only if you score. Uh, and that's basically the easiest way they have in their arsenal to score, to score points, but it requires them to score in advance. So I, I, I kind of look at this as, as a team that, you know, there's a, there's a clear ceiling here and they have to play games like the ones that they played the other day. How many times have I said this season, 61-57, 63-56, those sorts of games. So at least for their sake, they, they've they've played the right kind of games out of necessity. Uh, but you're only going to win so many of those toss-up games one way or the other. He's Patrick Stevens. He's with us here on GCR. Patrick, uh, looking elsewhere locally, another big win for Towson, obviously, against Charleston. They get another huge game at home this week, but – they're certainly showing signs that they're going to be able to stick around and they're going to be a factor in the CAA as the year goes on. I mean, the fact that they've already got a Wilmington and a Charleston says a great deal in their favor at this point. And so the, the, the CAA continues to be sort of this, uh, you know, massive clump of teams at this point. Drexel's at 7-0. and You've got four teams, including Towson, at 4-2, and and they have victories over two of those teams already. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then there's another five at three and three, and another two at two and four. So, you know, I think that this is an, a huge, huge opportunity for Towson at home against Drexel. They'll, they'll play them uh, just this one time this season. So this has potential tiebreaker value as well. And so, if they can pick this off, and they haven't won three in a row all season, uh, but heavens knows they played really well at Charleston and then just smoked Campbell the other day. Uh, you, you certainly see with them a team that, that is kind of getting the pieces to fit together really well. And I think a lot of that is having, you know, fully 
gotten Nenda Tark uh, settled in in their in their rotation at sure. this point. But between Tark and Christian May, a great game from Tyler Tejada the other day with 18 points. You know, and this is about the time, by the way, like almost every year, where Charles Thompson decides that he's going to go from being a good player to a great player. Feels like that's been the case the last couple seasons. Uh, and so would not be surprised if we see a nice surge from him coming up here over the next few weeks. Um, I know that uh, they, like Morgan and Coppin haven't been very good this year, but they ended up creating a hell of a basketball game, right? <laughs> like Maybe that's just because that they're about similar. Um, if anybody didn't see it, it was wild with a buzzer beater to force overtime before ultimately Morgan ended up winning on the road. I, I, I don't know that we assume that like you know that that's going to springboard Morgan in some sort of way. I don't know that it's anything other than just you know one really fun basketball game as it turned out. It's... Yeah, I think at this point where you're looking at Morgan having only beaten one other Division One team all season, and that was UMBC, yeah. hadn't won a game in more than a month, lost six in a row. You know, certainly a game that Morgan can enjoy. Uh, but uh, that, that's a team that, that's definitely been on the struggle bus no uh, throughout the season. And ultimately, if, if they can at least pick off Coppin twice, that at least gives them some sort of bragging rights in the city. And meanwhile, that's back-to-back overtime games for Coppin, which had beaten Eastern Shore 12 days earlier. Uh, now they get a really, really tough – both of these teams get a, get a tough little stretch here uh, over the next couple days, uh, or next this weekend anyway, playing Howard and Norfolk State back-to-back. Uh, Morgan getting Howard at home and going to Norfolk, uh, and then Coppin being able to go to Norfolk and then come home and get Howard on Monday. And then I guess the other rivalry, you know, Navy gets a, a win over Army, not like overwhelming, but Navy continues to be on the good side of the Patriot League, where you're going to have the opportunity to play some games at home. Yeah, and if you if you're if you're looking at an Army Navy scenario, like fifty seven fifty three is with you know, 61, 62 possessions is exactly the sort of game you expect for those teams, no matter how good one is or how bad another one is. And so, you know, you look at, you look at Navy and uh, they're four and two in the Patriot league. They've won back-to-back games, three out of four. Uh, They go to Bucknell on Wednesday, uh, get Loyola at home on Saturday. Uh, And so there is an opportunity for them, even though they have three of their next four on the road, there is an opportunity for them to continue to, to, you know, kind of entrenched themselves in the top half of the Patriot League right now, tied for third in the league with American um, Lafayette undefeated and coming to Loyola uh, tomorrow night, and Colgate at six and one, having already won its game in this cycle, having beaten Lehigh last night. Uh, biggest storylines nationally, I know the uh, the God the Terrence Shannon story. It's just very very weird and. I, I, I don't even like talking about it because it's so weird. But um, in another week where there's a bunch of upsets. Yes. Uh, you know, a team I'll point out, you know, beyond the weirdness of, of the Terrence, Terrence Shannon situation, I'll try to give a synopsis here. Uh, Shannon was uh, arrested on rape charges back in December and was suspended. A judge issued a preliminary injunction uh, forcing Illinois to restore him to the team and lift that suspension, you know, does that mean that that forced Illinois to play him? Mm. Yeah, I don't know about that, but certainly he was active, got a huge cheer at home, uh, which is, you know, kind of unsettling really yes. uh, before their, before their game against Rutgers on Sunday. Uh, but there's absolutely no question, you know, all of that unseemliness aside that he makes them a lot better. 
I mean, that's that's one of the best players in the Big Ten. So uh, Illinois actually managed to bob along pretty well without them. They beat the beat the heck out of Northwestern. They had the loss to Maryland, which was a bit questionable. Uh, but the only other loss they had in that stretch was to Purdue, and you're not going to hold a loss to Purdue against anybody this season. So, you know, nationally, I think an interesting story is North Carolina has basically turned into the team that everybody thought they were going to be last year. Uh, they have now won nine consecutive games by a double-digit double, double digit margin. Uh, it's the first time they've done that since early in the 08-09 season when they had Tyler Hansborough and Wayne Ellington and all those guys and won a national championship. So uh, that's a team I, I think that very much stands out. You know, as, as for, you know, kind of the overarching theme of the season, I don't even know if you should really call them upsets just because yeah, there's a, yeah. a ranking number next, next to a team's name. Does it, does it really matter? Like, I mean, you know, the, the polls don't actually factor into, you know, NCAA tournament selection or anything like that. So I, I, I continue to believe that there just isn't, uh, you know, this glut of elite teams out there. I mean, maybe full strength Connecticut is, but I'm not sure there's anybody else. Um, I, I, I got to watch, I watched some of the pit game at Duke on Saturday and, you know, I, I now that see, was delightful. Yes, that was fun. Like that was a fun. I mean, other than the the monitor trip that took five minutes at the my God, like what are we doing? What is? I hate being that like old curmudgeon guy on the internet. But Jesus, there's this thrilling basketball game in an iconic venue, and it, and it's five minutes of standing around looking at a monitor for like what? What is that? We got to put like a timer on or something like that for college basketball. There, pro- there, there probably does need to be like a two-minute limit or something like yeah. that. But uh, how how many generations of ACC basketball players wanted to be Blake Henson? No doubt, man. That and, was a and, cool and, scene. And, just, and so you know, it reminded me of the Marshall Henderson thing yeah. um, from about a decade or so ago when he went over and basically did the same thing at Auburn, which was uh, a pretty rowdy uh, a rowdy student section. Rowdier than than Cameron's, quite frankly, uh, but uh, but certainly uh, certainly a moment that I don't think anybody's going to forget. Um, basically, uh, confronting uh, some fans that were badgering him throughout the game, and uh, for Pitt, that's a victory they very 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 much needed, uh, having lost four or five with the only victory in that stretch being uh, at Louisville, which barely counts as a win. So, you know, for them, it doesn't really matter that that Duke was shorthanded down Mark Mitchell. Uh, and down Jeremy Roach, massive victory for yeah. the Panthers. And, you know, now they've got to go win two more road games. That's a that's a, a rough little schedule stretch for them, having to go at Duke, at Georgia Tech, at Miami three in a row this week. Yeah, for those that Blake Henson jumped up on the table courtside and just right, oh, it was, it was a wild scene, man. All the Duke fans, you know. Yeah, they're all giving the middle finger. Oh, yeah. it, was, it was a heck of a scene. That was a fun college basketball moment. All right, it's time for our game. Can Patrick Stevens name the MLB teams this particular player played for or first off managed, as we found that to be a thing? And um, I'll begin with a manager this week and five teams for a former World Series winner, a two-time manager of the year. Uh, Jack McKeon is first on the list this week. Okay, so I'm probably not going to be able to do all of the years on this one. Um, but I'm gonna wor- I, I'm gonna sort of try to mentally work backwards All on right. this one for Jack McKeon. So he was with the the Marlins. Yep. 
in that sort of 03 to 05-ish stretch, and then again like in 11 or 12 or something like that. You nailed it. 03 to 05 and 11. That's brilliant. Okay. So before that, he was with Cincinnati. Sure was. And that was like a 98 to 01-ish type of thing. That would have been 97 to 2000, so pretty good. Okay. Um, He was... He was the manager in San Diego in the late 80s, I believe, like maybe 88 to 90-ish. Bingo. (laughs) Bingo. Okay. So I know that he was the manager of the athletics at one point and maybe two points, if I recall. In fact, it was not – it's 90 – sorry, 77 and 78, and they were not consecutive. You are correct about that. I wasn't sure if he went all the way back to the uh, um, to the Kansas City days. It felt, you know, because Charlie Finley ran through managers like crazy. So, so you've got four. That's four. That's four Jack McKeon stops, yes. and I'm missing one. Huh? The first one was seventy three to seventy five. The first one was seventy three to seventy five. Okay, well, at least you've managed to knock the Mariners and the Blue Jays. That's true. It's a good point. Not not uh, not options. Which is. Which which was kind of helpful. Was he in Texas? Not. It's you're gonna you're gonna kick yourself because there's such irony of what you just said. Kansas City. Was he? In, he was in Kansas City. Kansas okay. City. It was the Royals from '73 to '75. All right. Uh, I got two players. The first one, um, someone who, you know, had actually I I thought he had more accomplishments in his career. He was only an All Star once. He was a reliever. He did win. Rollade's Relief Man of the Year uh, as well and led the league in saves once. Five teams for Jeff Brantley. Jeff Brantley. Okay. Well, Jeff Brantley was most famously a Red. Certainly was from 94 to 97. He definitely spent time with the Phillies. He did from 99 to 2000. So what did you say the Reds one was? 94 to 97. So there was a stop before. In fact, his only all-star appearance came before that in 1990. He was somewhere from 88 to 93. Huh. And he is recognized Um, on this team's wall of fame. See, I would have thought that was Cincinnati. Um, Oh, he was was a giant. Certainly was. Exactly right. That was where he was from 88 to 93. Then he had two one-year stops. He was somewhere in 98 and somewhere in 2001. Okay, so the other two Jeff Brantley stops, um, was he in Milwaukee? Not Milwaukee, no. And was he in uh, maybe Toronto? Uh, St. Louis and Texas were the other two. You know, I should have known Texas. I don't feel as bad. Um, and then I'll give you uh, uh, one that's a little bit more recent to wrap it up. Someone who I'm starting to wonder if he's going to continue his career or not. A three-time All-Star and a two-time Cy Young winner. But they've all been one-year stops of late for Corey Kluber. How many teams? Five teams. Five teams for Corey Kluber. So uh, Cleveland. Yep. New York Yankees. Yep. Texas. Yep. Tampa Bay. Uh-huh. Embossed. There you go. Oh, what's the schedule look like for you this week, sir? Uh, Georgetown hosting Butler tonight. Uh, Loyola has Lafayette in tomorrow. Towson Drexel on Thursday. Big one. Maryland and Nebraska on uh, on Monday or on Saturday. 
And I believe uh, I'll be doing a MEAC Monday next Monday, Coppin State hosting Howard uh, next Monday night. Very nice. At Discourse, D1S Course is how you follow him as always. And putting the finishing touches together, it looks like we're going to be bonusing you guys a lacrosse preview show next week. So we might be doing six shows next week with one of them being a lacrosse preview. A little bit awkward because, you know, the Ravens might be getting ready for the Super Bowl, so we gotta we got to work around that. But we think we're going to bonus you guys a lacrosse preview show next week, so I'm working on that right now. Looking forward to it, sir. Always appreciate you. Thanks for taking the time. Awesome, Glenn. You take care. It's Patrick Stevens with us as he is every Tuesday. Yeah, we, you know, Patrick and I like to do the college basketball, the college lacrosse preview shows. They're great, but... You know, if the Ravens win the AFC Championship game on Sunday, it'd be a little awkward for us to come in here and say, hey, we're not going to talk about the Ravens today. We're going to talk lacrosse. So we just figured maybe we do an extra show and that one day next week we'll just, um, you know, do two hours of Glenn Clark Radio and then we'll do a lacrosse preview show. As uh, I know there's a, a niche audience for that that really likes that, so I don't want to not do it. I like doing it because I call a lot of college lacrosse games, so it's nice to get to know the, te- know the teams a little bit better. Um, still trying to figure that all out because i got to work around some practice schedules. It might be that like on that day perhaps the lacrosse show is from 10 to noon and then Glenn Clark Radio is from noon to 2. We're, we're, we're working on that. We're working on that, so trying to figure it out. But um, we're going to try to give you guys a lacrosse preview show next week as well, but not in exchange uh, it's going to be really awkward, by the way, playing all of this and then like the Ravens lose on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What it, what it, it's what it is. But that's that's what we're working with. That's what we're working with is trying to do both shows one day next week. All right? Appreciate it. We come back in. County Sports Zone Radio. Speaking of local, we're going to talk some high school. And still to come, Kevin Zeitler of your Baltimore Ravens is going to join us. If you missed it, Stan the Fan Charles and Luke Jackson did an AL East preview show yesterday. You can find it right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports or youtube.com slash pressboxonline, pressboxonline.com slash video. It's Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GLENNCLARK23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Costas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. Fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steamed crab orders. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels. Heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com. 
Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. The latest edition of PressBox is available now, and it's our very special annual best of issue. On the cover, we celebrate Orioles manager Brandon Hyde as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and the Orioles as our Team of the Year. With Stan the Fan Charles and Glenn Clark sitting down with Hyde to discuss his role in creating the culture that defined the Orioles' magic season. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2023. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Ravens, Terps, and O's at PressBoxOnline.com. Hey, Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer, during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Sure. Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Hey, Griffin, you want to let everybody know what's going on at Live Casino and Hotel these days? You got to turn your microphone on if you want to do that. I would love to, because this week, Sports and Social at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland is the place to be. They feature an on-site FanDuel location, and it is your ultimate spot to watch Baltimore's team this weekend in the big game on their massive 100-foot media wall. So order up your favorite game day bites, take a sip from our signature crushes and extensive beer selections, all just steps away from the FanDuel Sportsbook. So watch, wager, and win at Sports and Social at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland this weekend. And this weekend, and always the place to be. Adirondack Mills must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Still to come, Kevin Zeitler, the Baltimore Ravens, is going to join us. But it is a Tuesday, and on Tuesdays, we like to find out what's going on in the world of high school sports. From our partners at County Sports Zone, joining us now for County Sports Zone Radio, he is Mr. Wes Brown. Wes, it's Glenn. It's good to chat as always, man. Thanks for taking the time for us. Yeah, thank you for having me. I know it was an awkward week because of the weather. A lot of cancellations this week. Not as many games played, but I know there was also some uh, pretty big news uh, in the world of local high school football. Yeah, uh, Wise, Wise football head coach Delon Parrish uh, came out this weekend that, that he's going to step down uh, as the head coach. Um, he was the, the first and only head coach in history since the, the school opened in 06. Uh, won six state titles, including the 2023 season, um, but ultimately decided, you know, it was time to, to, to spend more time with family. It's hard to do that on the PG County schedule where he said he was going from, you know, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. every day. Um, has, has kids he wants to spend time with, so you can't really fault him for that. Certainly understand that, and obviously he's accomplished so many things, and um, it's, a, it's a huge ripple effect, right? Like, I... This this is where you learn. Like, is, is it does the program is is it just the quality of the program or is it the quality of the coach? And obviously, that'll be something that Wise will find out moving forward. But a heck of a run, obviously, for Delon at Parish. All right. So because this was a week where we didn't have quite as many games, let's why don't we reset and use this as an opportunity for you to get everybody caught up on uh, like the rankings, like who has maybe stood out the most on the the boys and the girls side as we start making the push towards uh, championship weekend. Yeah, so so putting together the, the CSE rankings, you know, not not too much to, to do this weekend. 
um, with, with with all the snow last week. But um, Largo seems, you know, still far and away, probably one of the, the top teams in the uh, public scene, at least in Maryland. Uh, Cam Ward, obviously one of the, the top talents in, in 2025. Um, and his father is the coach there at Largo. So um, pr pretty big for them. Edmondson Westside from Baltimore City, River Hill. From Howard County has been really, really strong this year, and and they keep pushing. Uh, Stephen Decatur picked up their first loss, so it so dropped a little bit, but still one of the top teams along with uh, Arundel there on the, the boys' side. And then what about on the girls' side? Uh, Polly is, is always a fixture, so and, and, and until someone manages to, to knock them off, they'll, they'll stick up there at, at number one. Um, but then you have Hammond, who we talked about uh, last week, knocking yep. on Howard. Yep. Um, they, 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 they've continued to, to prove themselves as well along with uh, South Rivers, C.H. Flowers, and uh, Pikesville, who who won another state title last year and, and seemed poised to, to do the same again. All right, so give me an idea, because I, I, I mentioned we're like pushing towards championship weekend. I don't know that people realize like how soon the playoffs start and we start focusing on, because I, I feel like like football just ended a couple of weeks ago, right? Like how much, calendar-wise, how much time until we get to the playoffs in basketball at this point? Yeah, yeah, it it the the winter season always does seem to to go by real fast. Um, starting in in February is when you start having you know the the track and swimming and diving and, and wrestling. Uh, basketball sort of end goes in, in in the in the end of February there, so we really only have you know exactly a month actually that the basketball seedings on the the twenty third of February. So wow. um, just one month left of, of regular season play, and then that that you know first two or three weeks of March there is going to be. Uh, just, just finding out who those champions are going to be. It's really crazy that we've already reached like this sort of deep point of the season. So, with that in mind, uh, give me a look at what's coming up. Um, you know what, what's what's ahead on the schedule, and remind everybody about uh, CSC Pickham. Yeah, yeah. So back back to you know regular season play. You know we're not going to have many of the, these tournaments anymore, like the Capital Hoops, you know, challenge over the weekend. Right. Uh, some some inter county county matchups here this week. Uh, but mostly back to regular season play, playing those teams in your county and and, and trying to find the, those county champions. Um, and, and you can you can pick the games as well. You know, CSE pick them uh, for boys basketball there. Uh, sign up, pick contests. We have you know generally one contest at least every day um, from from different counties across the state. Pick you can just pick who who you think is going to win the matchups um, and and compete against other users. A really fun way to to get involved. I guess I should have asked. What were there any significant storylines coming out? I know that was a big event down in D.C. that was televised over the weekend. Were there any storylines for the any of the Maryland teams that were involved? Not not too many. You know, a, a, a lot of the the same teams that that you know you're, you're kind of accustomed to, to seeing on the big stage. Yeah. Um, I, I know there, there there were a number of kids who who played well, um, but but it seemed like a lot of you know grind them out kind of wins. There weren't any you know 40, 50 point games or anything All like right. that. All right. Remind everybody about uh, what they can find at County Sports Zone otherwise and where you guys are on social media, including yourself. Yep. County Sports Zone has all the scores and schedules for high school sports. Um, and then we've also got some some articles and, and other content as well. Pretty much everything you need to stay involved with high school sports in the state of Maryland. Um, you can find us on social media at CSC Scores, and I'm at W underscore Brown 21. Very good. Wes Brown, always appreciate it, man. We'll talk again next week, all right? All right. Sounds good. See you then. It's Wes Brown from County Sports Zone joining us for County Sports Zone Radio. All right. Continue along here on a Tuesday edition of the program. Um, if you haven't picked up, I just realized like this weekend, I almost feel bad for the Orioles because like they're doing their big event this weekend and it's kind of being drowned out completely. I think they've sold all the tickets for it. So I don't okay. think it's that big of a deal. Not as, uh, not as I was looking over the player list. I'm like, e 
not exactly. Didn't, I thought, uh, like Cedric Mullins is doing okay. a couple of the events, which is a big one. But uh, remember last year they had like everybody last year. And I guess now they're now they're big time. I I hate. I don't want to say it that. I really didn't. I I was trying to avoid oh, okay. saying Sorry. that out I said loud. It. I said it. I was trying to like allude to it, like allude to the idea that it's just a bit more difficult to get these guys because they are kind of stars now. Um, but it it just kind of looking at the list of the players that are involved, it sort of feels that way. I don't know. The the fans really responded to this the caravan thing. It was like, last year was the first year, right? They hadn't done um, it. I think they had yeah, done guess, something a well, smaller. They'd always done. What did they? Do? Well, years ago they did the convention. The convention, yeah. and I don't even remember what it was called. Fan Fest. That was what yes. it's called, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, the convention was always wildly popular. It was like the kind of unofficial start of hey, baseball's coming. It's a good time to ever, get everybody back together in a big spacious location um i i thought it was a cool idea doing the caravan because hey now you can ha- go have these experiences with players like now you can go you know bowling with them or go but i i don't know what that actually looked like i'd have to talk to people that were involved with it last year like did did every lane have an orioles player or was it like hey they stopped by for a minute and otherwise you were just bowling like i i don't i don't know this isn't necessarily for me although as i said everything is different now that i'm a father and like i had to think about that because my kids are into it i remember how cool fan fest was for me as a kid it was awesome like i loved because it was big right like you felt like you were walking into you know it's hard to describe you felt like you were walking into like new york's like Times square when you're a kid you walk in and it's just like so it's like sensory overload being at the convention center and seeing all of these various things. So I always dug FanFest. I know that part of FanFest, too, is they would, like, allow people to walk over to the stadium and, like, get food at Boogs or get food from, you know, the vendors there. And I think they might have even allowed you to, like, walk in if you wanted to see the view from a seat and, like, buy tickets, I think was part of it, if I remember correctly. So I I miss that because it's what I remember. I'm not the target audience anymore. So maybe, like, the, you know, the hardcore Orioles fans will say, no, we actually like this better. It's more fun. But I just, I just kind of looked at the list of players and I was like, ooh. Not quite as many of the the top guys involved this time around as there were last year at least that's what it seems like looking at it so should still be a fun weekend it should just not quite as much juice for it because there's this other thing in town that everybody is thinking about um you know maryland nebraska basketball that's the one everybody's just all can up and excited yeah. about maryland nebraska Where everyone's basketball. gonna be all right, we had to do this uh, a little bit earlier because of uh, his schedule. I don't know if you've heard, but he's getting ready to play in the AFC Championship game. But we had the opportunity to catch up with Ravens guard Kevin Zeitler, and we'll bring that to you right now here on GCR. Of course, Ravens getting ready to host the AFC Championship game on Sunday against the Chiefs. It's always a pleasure to welcome our next guest, although I failed him. I was not able to get him into the Pro Bowl this year, despite my extensive campaigning and yelling and screaming. I voted for him as a, a pro football writer's all-pro. I, I, I don't know what the hell's going on with all that. He is, of course... Ravens guard Kevin Zeitler, and he is back with us now here on GCR. Kevin, it's Glenn. It's always great to catch up, man. Thanks for taking the time, and congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate it. 
Um, just I guess to get it out of the way first. How good did it just feel to be back on the field on Saturday, right? Like after the the way the regular season came to an end, how good did that feel? I'm feeling great. Like you know, it's been a while for me personally, but just to get back out there, get back to playing with the guys. Obviously, overcoming a little bit of adversity, you know, feels good and ready to roll. Dude, the um, the, the I know you've always done it, right? Like, but do you ever reconsider if you might have reached the age where you need to stop going out with like the the sleeveless look for pregame? Do you ever have even like a second guess of like, you know, maybe maybe I need to go a little bit more with the long sleeve look at this point in my life? Uh, no, that's never crossed my mind. Luckily, growing up in Wisconsin, playing at Wisconsin, like, you know, I've been through a lot worse. So, you know, I've kind of got a warped perspective. And <laughs> so far, I haven't had too many actually cold games. Do you know what the cold, like, off the top of your head, do you know what the coldest game is that you've ever played in your life? Uh, I don't off the top of my okay. head. Have you ever had, like, the, you know, I think everybody saw what was it, Andy Reid with the frozen mustache a couple weeks ago. Have you ever had a circumstance like that in your life? Uh, I did when I was at Wisconsin back in the day, but I don't think in the NFL. Okay, so you know, the, all of this in comparison is nothing, right? Like it's a, it's a pleasant day for you when you walk out, and it's twenty degrees. Agreed. That's so weird. God, you are crazy. you're a psychopath, man, and I love that so much about you. Um, so okay, Th- this game and and having had the red, like I I know that there are bigger goals. I understand that. But the history of this team, what this team had been through, how important was it for everybody to just win a playoff game, check the box, sort of get things rolling again? I mean, it's huge. For me, that was my first playoff game. It took me 12 years to get there. It's unbelievable, so, You know, no matter what anyone says, like playoffs, no matter how good, it's hard to win playoff games. And obviously we were able to get it done. And that's all that matters at this point. Now we have another chance to do it, and then we're going to have to play a bigger, better game, and we'll see what happens. Did, did you find yourself talking to guys about that this week? Like, you know, hey, these aren't easy, you know? Like, did, did you do you bring that up at all, or did, is that not something that you bother to care about? Uh, I think our team has a great understanding of that. You know, I don't think it needs to be brought up. I think the team takes everything to stride. We know our situation, and, you know, we have to do our best to get things done. The can you mm, Lamar wasn't willing to to share any of the actual language. Would would you be willing to share any of the actual language? Because you know the good news is for those that don't know, we pre-recorded this so we could always edit it as necessary. Um, can you share any of the actual language of what halftime looked like on Saturday? <laughs> you know, I'll let Lamar keep his things. <laughs> you know, to himself. He wants to keep private. I'll let him be private. But Lamar's the man. He's a hell. Of- of a leader, a hell of a guy, and I'm glad he's on our team. Can you, Kevin, because it's one of the things that I think I love most about football, um, and, and I compared, uh, Anquan Bolden was in Baltimore once upon a time, and, and he would have these moments. We saw Lamar was, like, demonstrative. Not Obviously, you know, at halftime, he said he was cussing a lot, but even in the first half, he seemed like he was getting after you guys. Why it works? Why you guys don't say, like, ah, oh, shut up, man. Like, we're doing our job. Like, why does it work that it's okay for someone like that to be getting after you like that and that for for you guys to respond the way that you did and play so brilliantly in the second half. I mean, when you have like a guy like Lamar on your team, you want to live up to his expectations and you know that he can raise your level at any given time. So, you know, everyone knows what our team is capable of. We know what Lamar is capable of. And when things aren't going our way, I think we all have a desire to make sure we get it going our way. 
Uh, it was uh, it was going your way, obviously, in the second half. You guys could do nothing wrong. Kevin Zeitler is with us here on GCR. Um, you know, Kevin, th- this is I, you and you have talked. You almost laugh whenever anybody asks you about like retirement things like that. And the way that you're playing, I don't know why you wouldn't laugh because you're playing at such an absurdly high level. But do you think about like the hey, I don't know how many more of these opportunities. As much as it took you a while to get here. Do you start thinking about all of that? Does it make all of this more important to you? I mean, yeah, you know, there is a time limit on everyone's, everyone's career. You never know when that, you know, time will run out. So having the opportunity now, you know, you got to take advantage when you get your opportunities. So the team and everything, you know, we got to get it rolling. How do you describe the zone that this team is in? Like, Because I, I, I struggle with it sometimes. It's It's almost you know, majestic. It looks like I'm watching, you know, like Da Vinci paint the way that you guys have been playing. Is there a moment that you look back on and say, boy, like a, a, a switch really flipped in this moment that this team has just taken off the way that it has? Uh, I mean, I think in general, you know, I think we got uh, after the first quarter of the season, that's when we think started finally taking off, you know, having to do coordinators and all that, you know, it's never an excuse, but we were figuring some things out. Yeah. Obviously, we're really getting it on a roll, and then you know we've been able to build on it ever since. And that's what we got to keep doing. How do you, you know, wanting to show incredible respect and and not take anything away from any of your opponents? How much? Con- and I I say this as an outsider. I have like extraordinary confidence in watching you guys play. That if you guys have anything to do with it, you're going to win these football games because you just seem like you're that much better. How much internal confidence? Do you guys feel of like, yeah, we really genuinely don't care who the opponent is. We just feel this good about our team. Um, what I'd say is, you know, obviously throughout the season we played a lot of tough teams. Some things have gone our way. We've learned what we're capable of. And, you know, it's on us to make sure we live up to that expectation for ourselves. The, the crowd on Saturday, the Texans had eight pre-snap penalties. How much were you feeling the crowd and the impact they were having on the game and how good do you feel about having that same rabid atmosphere for uh, Sunday and the Chiefs? Um, it's huge. Um, you know, anytime you have a home game in the playoffs, you need any advantage you can get. And obviously they affected the game in a very positive way for us. And we need them to be like 10 times louder this week because we know it's going to be a whole different ball game this week. It's going to be a tough one. I, is it is there's part of you that like is almost glad that it's the Chiefs like like let it be the reigning champions like I I want to we we want those challenges. Uh, I mean the simple fact is we knew whoever we're gonna play was gonna be a mega challenge. Yeah. You know both yeah. teams that we're playing this week like both great teams both having a lot of momentum and excellent playmakers and whichever way the cards fell we knew it was gonna be a hard hard game. How many people in your life have already reached out and asked if there is any chance that you might be able to introduce them to Taylor Swift this week? Uh, believe it or not, no one has actually that, mentioned that to me I yet. I got a funny feeling that's going to change as the week goes on. I got a funny feeling that oh, somebody's yeah. going to attempt that. Um, honestly, I'm pretty sure you're right. <laughs> you have, is there anyone in your life that you know is a particular uh, – like, I, I know you're kind of a girl dad. Like, do you have somebody in your life that is a particularly massive Taylor Swift fan? Um, off the top of my head, I don't think like okay. I know anyone who's like a mega fan. Okay, I think everyone likes her music because her music's good. So. Are you are you a Swifty? I wouldn't say I'm a Swifty, but she has good music. Okay, all right, I can accept that. I think that's a very it's a totally fine line for this. 
Um, uh, in just another minute or two here with Kevin Zeitler, um, the the dance moves after the game on Saturday. Who looked the best? Who maybe should probably try to stay away from dancing on camera moving forwards? I mean, uh, our tight end coach uh, George Gassy, like he started off and he has all the moves. Yeah, and uh, he's made for it. <laughs> what about the other way? Who maybe would you say? I don't. I they they should hope that that video gets burned before anybody else sees it at this point. Honestly, after a playoff victory, anyone can dance, no matter how <laughs> they dance. It's all good. All right. Now, wait a second, though. How, like, would you, if it was, say, the Super Bowl, would you be out there showing off your moves, or still would you say, no, I know my lane, that's not where I'm going to be? I'd probably be out there having a great time. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, I need that in my life now. I need to see that moment so badly of you showing off the moves after a Super Bowl win. Um, uh, Kevin, do, do you do you guys like openly talk about? Do you use the word Super Bowl around the locker room, or do you just sort of say no, no, next game, that's it? I mean, I think it's known. You think it's talked a little bit, but it's like it doesn't matter. The next game is the only thing that matters. What is your own victory celebration after a, a, a playoff win? Like you haven't, you mentioned you haven't done this before. Did you did you allow yourself, you know, like a big stake, anything after getting your first playoff win? Um, I went home, watched the next football game, and I went to bed. That's all I did. <laughs> Man, I was really hoping there would be something, like anything at all, to celebrate a playoff win. You just really are that, like, zoned in on business. I mean, that, that, that's all there is to it. Man, I, I have such incredibly great respect for that. I have do you, uh, wait, um, Did you allow yourself, what, during the bye week, did you allow yourself maybe, like, a cheat meal or something? No, you didn't have a football game to play. Uh, I mean, I had a couple of uh, Oreo ice cream sandwiches. Okay. Guilty little pleasure there. Okay. And yeah, those were good. So you do you have any like any victory traditions over the like famously Eric Weddle would always have like a giant bowl of ice cream after. Do you have any victory traditions? Um, I wouldn't say there's anything tradition. Okay. Like it's kind of just whatever happens happens after a game. Man, how much are, are you let down? Like let's we can be honest for a second because I know you love Ravens fans. But you got to be a little bit let down by the fact that we didn't get you into the Pro Bowl, right? Uh, I mean, it is what it is, you know. It's a tough thing to get into. There's a lot of great players at the position, and you know, just is what it is. The good news, the good news is, there's one that matters a whole lot more than that. There is one that matters significantly more than that afterwards. Uh, Kevin Zeitler, man, it's it's such an unbelievably exciting time, and I hope that you're getting to feel a little bit of that, as zoned in and as businesslike as you guys are. I hope you're getting to feel how much this means. Uh, to this entire community right now, what you guys are doing. Always appreciate you. Continue to kick ass. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning, man. Hey, no problem. Have a good day. Uh, that is Kevin Zeitler with us here on GCR as they get ready for the AFC Championship game. He's so, like, even-keeled about everything. He's like, yeah, you know. Went home, watched, fact, watched the game. Yeah. Eh, didn't make the Pro Bowl. Eh, Whatever. It's a good league, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Love Kevin Zeitler. Somebody asked me yesterday about whether uh, uh, Joe Tooney's injury could be what got uh, Kevin Zeitler to the Pro Bowl, and it's actually kind of awkward, right, because if if the Chiefs win, then Joe Tooney couldn't play in the Pro Bowl, so I guess Kevin Zeitler would get there. Right. If but it would feel empty at that point, right? Yeah. Like, who wants to spend next week in Orlando? Is that where it is? 
Yeah. Oh man. Um. Why don't they just? Well, it's not like if you, if your team stinks, like, it might be a fun week to spend in Orlando. But like when you're in the AFC Championship yeah, game, yeah, it's yeah. a tough sell to be like, hey, but you can go play dodgeball next week. What do you think about that? Um, and Kevin Zeitler's got kids, so like his kids might enjoy yeah, a week a in, or- in Orlando. But uh, on the flip side, I guess Joe Tooney, there's, they're not even ruling him out for this week yet. Not yet. So they said a peck strain, and um, I don't know, a lot of the internet doctor types are like, hey, it's it's possible if you do the hyperbaric chamber this week, like if you do so all of this. Sleeps in it? Mm-hmm. So Terrell Owens did, right? Yeah. Like all those years ago. I mean, Mark Andrews is apparently yeah. the, the, the story with Mark Andrews is like somebody in his family just had a hyperbaric chamber. How does that thing? I don't. I read that somewhere. I got to get the more of the details on that. I read somewhere that like Mark Andrews just got a hyper. Somebody asked him about it, and he was like, "Oh, I, you know, I, in, yeah, just hyperbaric. In laws had one or something like that." Um. I said he was using uh, Kyle Phoenix from Baltimore Beatdown said Ravens tight end Mark Andrews said he was using a hyperbaric oxygen chamber that his girlfriend's family had as a part of his recovery. And like the entire internet's like, first you read that like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. And then you're like, wait a second. They just his have girlfriend's one? family used to have a hyperbaric chamber lying around. In case Mark Andrews gets hurt halfway I, through the I year. Guess. <laughs> it's weird though. Like, Mark Andrews gets hurt, and they're like, oh, that's a bummer. And then somebody's like, hey, good news, Mark, if you need it, we just happen to have a hyperbaric chamber in the basement. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's over by the Bowflex. You know, got uh, your typical man cave. We got the, the TV, we got the uh, the Xbox down there, and a uh, hyperbaric chamber. Well, it's good that they told him, so that way he knows what? He knows that he can play, you know, more, not reckless, but, you know, like he can play 110%. Right, because he's he knows always got the injured, opportunity to go to the He'll be back in eight weeks no matter what. 100%. That's exactly the way that goes. It was very weird. It was just very, like, hey, man, that's cool. Don't get me wrong. It's cool. Did I tell everybody about the print issue yet? Um, I don't think we did. We should do that. Yeah. It's still available for a few more weeks. The, the date for the next one is TBD, because we're waiting to find out what happens in these football games so in the meantime go get the best of issue it's available for free at your neighborhood royal farms any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find press box read it all pressboxonline.com that's the best of issue of press box when we come back in we'll get a tidbit we'll get a tubular to wind things down for a tuesday edition of gcr Hungry? With seven locations throughout Maryland, Glory Days Grill is always right around the corner. They have wings, burgers, salads, sandwiches, and drinks to satisfy everyone, as well as tons of televisions and sound delivered right to your phone. Whether you're a Ravens fan or rooting for one of those other guys, Glory Days is the best place to watch football or whatever your favorite sport is. While you're there, be sure to check out Goose Flights Lager, named in honor of legendary Raven Tony Goose Siragusa. $2 of every can is donated to the Goose Flights Foundation. Glory Days Grill. Great food, good sports. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-23. So bet with the best. 
best and use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Jeremy Kahn here. The ultimate sports betting experience in Maryland is at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook. Join me at either location in Canton or in Towson and place your bets in person and be a part of the action. It's the best in-class sports wagering experience complete with the ultimate TV package, ensuring you can catch every game all day, every day. Their state-of-the-art facilities bring Las Vegas energy right here to Maryland just in time for postseason football. So visit the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson and elevate your game day experience and hang out with me to bet, watch, and win at the Turtle. Hey, Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer, during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Make sure you tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your Waiver Wire Wednesday brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? Alright, back in here on GCR as we wind down on a Tuesday edition of the program. Thanks again to Kevin Zeitler. It's been a fun morning. Expecting it to be a fun week. Um... We are working on plans if the Ravens end up in the Super Bowl to bring you guys some coverage. You know, we're the we're the little guy in town. That's the reality, but we are working on some uh some plans for that. I kind of alluded to that earlier when we were talking to Mike Golick Jr. We won't announce anything because the Ravens aren't in the Super Bowl yet. That would be kind of kind of stupid of us to be like, We're doing this definitively. You know, we're we're making plans because the Ravens are really good. Is the snow going to melt today? By the way, um, today is it going to warm up enough? I don't. Today, I don't. I tomorrow, I would think. Well, because it's going to rain by like what Thursday or something. So I think by then. Well, it's definitely going to be gone by then. But yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was going to warm up enough in the days before that that it might be gone. I feel like it won't be gone until it until the rain comes. Uh, what's the what's the my uh? The why, why do you need the snow going so bad? Oh, I hate, I, I hate snow. I like the uh, the oh, ambiance. For God's sakes, You're I want to child. Feel like I'm in like you know a Christmas. Village. You're a child. <laughs> it's fun. What's the weather supposed to be for? The Always next get. I feel like days? whenever there's snow on the ground, you get really pretty sunsets. It's supposed too. to be in the 40s. Like, isn't that enough to melt the snow? I mean, there's 40s and sun. You got you got it like sheets of ice. You know. Yeah, but I thought 40s and sun was enough to the. It'll melt. I feel like on 
roadway. Yeah, Thursday it's done. Thursday's yeah. Thursday it's gone, gone, gone. But it was a sad moment on Sunday night when um, my son asked if he could watch the Bills game with me, and like we watched for a little while, but then I was like at halftime, I'm like, all right, buddy, you got to go to bed. And he was like, I think he's just so used to not going to school that he was like, well, well, what if it's two hours late tomorrow? I'm like, pal, I got bad news, chief. You're going to school all week you this week. What put spoons under his you're bed? Doing, and you're doing. Flush ice down you're doing. No, I didn't dumb do it. I said you're going full days all week, and he like looked at me because he doesn't know that I can know the weather, right? He's like, "Well, what if it snows?" I'm like, "Bro, should I bet you ten dollars? You, you, you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna have to trust old, old Papa on this one. You're gonna have to." But my six year old's having a bit of a crisis because I I don't know why. Sometimes my my six year old goes in moments. He's an adult. He's negotiating with me, right? Like, in moments, he snaps into, okay, well, if I do this and then I do this, then can I get, like, you feel like you're talking to an adult. And then in moments, he's back to being a, a two-year-old. Like, in moments, he's like, daddy. You know, like, he goes, it's the, the nature of a six-year-old. At some point, like, in the last couple of months, I don't know why, he started calling me Ubu. That's a good name. Can I, I, don't, I, I can, can I I, I like it. Can you I know use that? I, like that's the you're gonna start calling me Ubu. I don't think it's gonna come off the quite the same way if you like. You're young. You're a child. This is Ubu. But you're Ubu Clark Radio. Yeah. So he started calling me Ubu. I don't know where it came from. I have no idea. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the 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 thing. What was the show? So there was a production company called Ubu. U B U. Um, and any shows they produced, they made network TV shows. I want to say. Spin City maybe was one of them. At the end of those shows, they had a a thing that would run like you know how right right, yeah. and it would say uh, sit Ubu sit good dog like that was their stinger that they would run family at ties. the end of the they show. Did family ties. They did family ties. Okay. Did they do Spin City? They did. They just had like a deal with Michael J. Fox more or less. I guess. Like it was like Brooklyn a, Bridge as well. I don't know that one. I'm not familiar with that one. Um, Ubu Roy was the name of the dog. Okay, if you say so, I believe you. They got a whole Wikipedia page. But I, I don't know where it came from. My 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 six year old started calling me Ubu, and the other night he like looked at me. He's like, "Hey, what do you want me to call you?" <laughs> like, it was sir, like a crisis sir. of conscience. I'm like, "Well, Dad's fine." He's like, "Well, what about Daddy?" I'm like, "Daddy is also fine." And he said, "What about?" Because my eight year old sometimes likes to call me like he it, it's he's doing shtick. He'll refer to me as father. My eight-year-old sometimes <laughs> would be like, "Well, father," and I'll be like, "Well, son." It's fun. We have a we we have fun. <laughs> so then I. That's he, beautiful. Yeah, right. He's like, "What about daddy?" I'm like, "Daddy's fine." And he said, "Well, what about Ubu?" And I said, "I actually like Ubu. I'm good with Ubu. They all work." And he was like, "Yeah, but pick one." <laughs> and I'm like negotiating with him now. I'm like, "Dude, I don't care." Like. Don't 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 call me you know idiot like we're gonna be fine here. Dad works. Daddy's, you know like you're gonna grow out of that soon. So I'll I'll miss it. There'll be a day. And you decided on Ubu. Yeah, I, I'm good with Ubu. I actually don't. I don't know why. I don't know where it came from. But Ubu's fine. Like it, it's not degrading in any way. I don't have any issue with Ubu. He doesn't like it when I when they were younger. Okay. So it came from the television program. I believe Good Times. There was uh, a character, I believe the janitor had the nickname Buffalo Butt. And it always... It's a good one. It always gave me... Um, as far as nicknames go. It always just gave me, like, I got a good chuckle out of Buffalo Butt, right? Um, 
so yeah, it was good times. It was uh, yeah, Bookman on Good Times, with his nickname was Buffalo Butt. So when they were younger, sometimes I would call them Buffalo Butt, mm. right? Like I would be like, "All right, Buffalo Butt, it's time for bed." And my six-year-old decided a little while ago he doesn't like Buffalo Butt. I can't go with Buffalo Butt anymore. I had to get rid of that one, which is I got to be honest with you, has been a struggle for me. The number of times, because I just enjoy the name so much, the number of times I go to say Buffalo, and then I gotta stop myself. Like I'll be like, "All right, but uh, but but butthead, like." Yeah, I can just tell him to suck it up and be like, "Well, I want to call no, you." No, no, he deserves that. Like, this right, is the—he's right. trying to show me the same respect. Right. He's asking me what I want to be called, and he's informing me. I got to give them as much agency as I can at a young age. What he does. What if he said, "Call me Glenn"? No, 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 no. no. There will be none of that. <laughs> there will be none of that. You know what's uh, what's actually awkward is so I saw Drew. Is Drew coming in tomorrow? Oh uh, yes. That's a shame. Yes. Oh. Uh, well, maybe I, I, I can try wouldn't to. Have, wouldn't have been a bad week to maybe say, "Hey, we're good." Um. So. Oh, I think Ian's doing the game for Westwood One. Maybe we see if Ian can come on. That'd be Drew would have, Drew would love that. Okay. Yeah, Ian was a, a, one of our favorites. So, um, <laughs> anyway, sorry. I haven't heard back from Nance. That's weird. It's really weird. Normally, Jim Nance is like, "Yeah, absolutely, Glenn, I got you." Um, well, maybe if I say Drew's in. Oh no no, no. well it's like maybe something, oh it's maybe some, something did something happen? Him. No 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 something oh. Oh, it's a Mike Tarico stand thing. Oh, I don't think so. I would be surprised. Jim Nance is like the nicest guy on the face of the planet. What was I talking about? Oh, Drew. So I see, <laughs> for some reason, when we did morning the morning show together last week. Yeah. His son Ethan, who's people now were clamoring for it. Yes. Yeah. It was weird. The number of people were like, man, that was good. I'm like, God, <laughs> please don't say that. I don't have to do that again. But he's like, can we make that the regular holiday? I'm like, no. I do a show with Rita. That's the show I like doing now. No offense. <laughs> I've kind of moved on in my life. I, I love Drew. Everybody knows that. I, I, I don't want everybody to take that seriously. I do love Drew, and I enjoy doing shows with him sometimes. Um, so Ethan, his son, shows up. And Ethan, who I was there when he was born, more or less, Ethan's now like, 16 Driving? years old. Wow. Like he's, he's, he's a person. <laughs> but Ethan kept calling me Mr. Glenn the whole morning. <laughs> As he I should. Was not handling it well. Like, Ethan, enough! Enough! Stop it! Just Glenn. That's it. I don't do the. Like, the, the, my, my kids' friends should call me Mr. Glenn. Like, eight year olds, six. They can call me Mr. Glenn. 16 year olds, nah, I don't need that. I don't want any of that. So, once your that. kids' friends are 16, or should they keep calling you I Mr. I think Glenn? my kids' friends continue to call me Mr. I think when. Until they're 40. Th- in, yes, more or less. That's the way that I feel about it. I'm trying to think of how I address. You know what's I weird? I still call most of my uh, friends' parents. Well, you Mr. called Lisa Salters Miss Lisa the other day. I did. That yeah, was, that felt- was kind of weird. I don't know. It felt like that was. I got to be honest with you. I would prefer that you not do that because it makes it sound like you're 12. Okay, I won't do that. I I didn't say anything when I heard it. I was like, did he just call her Miss Lisa? Like, I understand that there's this part of, but you do have to be an adult. Like, right. right. I think there's like she might be thinking to herself, does he have a 13 year old running the show? Be pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, you would be a very talented 13 year old if that were the case. I agree. Sometimes I wish. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know about that. Um, 
I, I, I don't think I, I uh, Ben over at 105.7 did that with somebody recently too. Like I'm all for like you know you want to call coach coach called um, like we had the mayor on last week say mayor. Oh, that's that's weird for me too because I've known Brandon Scott for like forever. Mm. It is weird when I like I'll text him and I'll be like, "Hi, Mister Mayor." It's a weird. It's just a weird thing. Like when you've known, like it's one thing when you don't know somebody until they become that person. Then you're like, but I do that with my buddy. Um, uh, my buddy Mike is a, a rep- state representative. Mike Griffin. I, I told him I would have him in studio again recently. Damn, we got to make that happen. Right. Um, I don't. I, we might have to wait till after the Ravens. Yeah. Uh, but like, what am I supposed to call him? Like Representative Griffin. <laughs> That's not. I'm not gonna be doing that. That's not gonna happen. But if I didn't know somebody until they got that title, then right. I would. I would be inclined to. That's a weird thing. I said, like I said, Griffin too. It's obviously Griffith. I don't know why. It's like one of my close friends. I don't know. Oh, because of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. kind of screwed that up for me. My fault. Weird bit. Well, so one of my best friends' mom's name is Miss Le- or is Lisa, so I call her Miss Lisa. So maybe that. Was... You just associate Lisa with my mom's name is also Lisa. So it's but a good I'm thing. gonna guess well, you don't call thing... her Miss Lisa. It's a good thing I didn't call Lisa Salter's mom. Mom, that would have been. <laughs> oh God. Okay, when I used to do the, the morning show with Drew. We had uh, then Maryland Athletic Director Debbie Yao on one morning. Remember, I didn't get a lot of sleep when I was doing these shows. Like, I was up until, like, 2. I was going out. And then I was waking up three hours later and going in and doing a show. And then people telling me what I was talking. Later in the day, somebody would say, dude, I couldn't believe you said whatever you said. I'm like, I have no memory of that whatsoever. None. I'm, 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 I'm. I made the call because it was just the two of us. Like we didn't have a, you know, another producer in the studio with us. Gotcha. It was a, another kind of small budget place. It was just the two of us. So I had to, on top of everything else, call the guests. Um, so sometimes we had re- that's not sometimes we had uh, interns in the studio with us that could do some of this stuff. But there were some days it was just the two of us. So um, like I would I called Debbie Yao, and I don't know why, and I said. Thank you, sir. And went to, and I went to put her on hold. Oh no! Realized there's something. Oh crap! <laughs> Pick the phone back up. I'm so sorry. Rough. She Rough. was okay with it, or yeah, uh, she. We, we were to move past. Or? She. We had a, an actually a pleasant relationship, Debbie and I did, because remember at the time I was a number one Maryland guy, so yeah. she was willing to just be like, "He sound tired," you know, or something like that. So she was willing to. Give me a password. She didn't think that I was trying to, right, like to, make some sort yes. of terrible joke, or you know, she didn't think it was an affront to her in any sort of way. But yeah, it was awkward. It's <laughs> like, ah. I'm sure there are other awkward ones that have happened over the years. Definitely, a number of times where I was convinced that I knew how to pronounce someone's name. Aaron Schatz is a wonderful yeah. example of that. Like we've had Aaron Schatz on a billion times over the years, and like the fiftieth time he came on, he was like, "Oh yeah, it's uh, a Schatz on Twitter." I'm like. Or a, sorry, a shots. Right. When I've been calling him Aaron Schatz all these years, I'm like, oh, I'm a jerk. What an a-hole. I think I did that with um, uh, Adam Amin, right? What was Fox? I think yeah. I said yeah, but what Amin maybe oh, or something oh, like that. Okay. I was like confident that I had it right. Whatever. Adam Amin. I oh. was I was like going out of my way to say it more and more times. <laughs> Adam Amin. Like resetting Adam Amin. on every question. Got Adam Amen on the just because I wanted to prove that I knew I knew how to pronounce it. And then he's like, "You can follow me at, at Adam Amin." Correct. <laughs> Got to send the old awkward text. 
dude. And Adam's great. Like I've known him for yeah. a long time, but I I feel like an a hole. Well, he had the I Suns call like, last night, didn't he? Uh, was he doing that? I mean, that was I a stirring. Oh he, no, he did that because he's the Bulls. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's, that's why he was. was. Yeah, okay. I was like, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I didn't watch the Suns last night. I was following it on Twitter because <clears throat> I was very frustrated when they were down. I'm like, they're losing. NBA had a big night at home to the Bulls. Yeah, it was a big night <laughs> in the NBA. Uh, Joel Embiid was 70. Carl uh, Anthony Towns was 62. Yeah, and what he had. 10 threes? He had 45 at half or 44 at half. Yeah. In tidbit, I got a tidbit for him. Uh, And yeah, Kevin Durant with a stirring performance. He had like 40, pathetic 43, I think it was, that he finished with. And the Suns did rally to beat the Bulls. Like, it feels like they shouldn't have had to have rallied to win in the final minute at home against the Bulls. The Suns doing good? What's their. They're like barely over 500. They are. It is. So they're in it. They're in it, but. And, like, you're hoping that the more – because they finally have all three guys on the floor together, so you're, like, hoping that they continue to build together and that they hit their stride in the playoffs, but I don't feel good about it. I don't feel good. I was watching tennis last night. Yeah. We also had uh, trivia last night. There was n- – okay, there was one sports question all night. Only sports question. Good thing you were there. <laughs> we finished in third. Jeez. I helped with – yeah, it was a uh, – the first half was a bloodbath, and then we we, we had a stirring comeback. <laughs> By the way – we had a we had a, a, a Suns like comeback just to get to wow. the third. <laughs> like we were like eighth going into halftime. We had to pick our game up. Uh, the only sports question was, oh, what is the what is the color of the flag that they wave to start a NASCAR race and after every restart? That would have to be green and white. Of course, it well, it's not green and white. Green and green. Just green. Just green. Just a green flag. That they That's wave. what I meant. Green, green. <laughs> a little awkward yeah unfortunately it was a social everybody in the bar got that one because it's incredibly easy and that was the only sports question last night red like okay glad I, could, glad I could help i did know there was a visual round and it was musical families and it was like two two pictures of family members that have the same last name and get the last name so like one of them was um Eddie Van Halen and, and his son Wolfie and then one of them was Chris and Rich Robinson from Black Crows the two that I knew that nobody else in the bar knew were um, Tony Braxton and her sister Tamar. Tony Braxton, of course, being from um, Tony. Uh, Maryland. Oh, okay. Yeah. She had a huge hit. It was Unbreak My Heart. It was She had some other hits, but that one was a smash hit. Well done. And then the other one was I also Maryland-based. It was the country duo The Brothers Osborne. I knew them, and I, I, don't, I didn't know that it was them, but I was like, I don't know who this is. Could it be the Brothers Osborne? And we didn't have a better option, so we were like, let's go with it. And it turned out it was right. So Good job. Look at, look banner at night. Another banner night. Yeah. yeah we could have used some more sports. I always appreciate the obscure sports question. Something that's a little bit this more difficult. tennis to grand slam semifinalist. That would be great. That would be great. But uh, don't get a lot of those. Don't get them. All right, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you by Superbook. Use the code Glenn Clark 23 when you sign up at Superbook. You'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose. Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app. Again, Sunday's games. Ravens have sort of settled in. Now, there was a little bit of fluctuation, but they're three-and-a-half-point favorites as of right now, and the 49ers seven-point favorites in the NFC title game. Damn. What you got? You think? Why do you think that? What do you? What, uh, what's, what is that reaction? You thought it was the seven? I guess I don't know. I guess just because it's an NFC title game and. It feels a little spread. disrespectful. People think yeah. the 49ers are just a super team. Like, yeah. It's so weird. It is. 
I don't know. That's a conversation for a different day. Uh, I'll start with this one from Jay Kuda. Uh, the AFC Championship. Did I tell you that I was given information, the look-ahead line for a Super Bowl matchup at um, the Circa right. in Vegas has now gone to a pick em if it's Ravens 49ers. Really? It was. Oh, that's right. So It was 49ers by a point. It might have even been as much as 49ers by a point and a half. But it's down to a pick 'em, and that might be because of Debo. But they still think they'll roll the Lions without Debo. Yeah. So it also might be like more respect for the Ravens yeah. being put into that, and the fact that like, so I think some of it with the early Super Bowl look ahead lines was like the Ravens are going to have to go through this gauntlet in the AFC in order to get there. So now that it's just one game that's tricky that's left, that might be influencing the line. I don't know, but yeah, that uh, I was told that it, the, so I don't know where about everybody else. I think actually, you know what? They might have. Hang on a second. Uh, if it is 49ers Ravens at Superbook, the 49ers are still one point favorites. There. Gotcha. What's what's wrong with them? By the way, if it was Ravens Lions, it would be the Ravens favored by four at Jeez. Superbook. So, so maybe so like if it was on a neutral, that would be the line in the like if it was Ravens Lions, uh, the Ravens were hosting. Like if the Ravens were home, like it would be minus seven. Like it is the yeah. Niners lines. So, so well, I don't know if they, I don't know if it's officially three points anymore. I think it right, might be like two yeah. and a half is okay. the number. But yeah, it'd be something yeah. like that. Uh, so Jay Kuda tweeted out yesterday: the AFC Championship game is going to be on January twenty eighth. There has only been one AFC team in NFL history that has won a game played on January twenty eighth. It was a Super Bowl. It was. The one AFC team was that the date? No, the Ravens won the Super Bowl in New Orleans, and that was that was in early February. That was, yeah, that was February. Was that the date of Super Bowl Thirty Five? It was the date yeah. of Super Bowl Thirty Five. Yeah. The Ravens are the only team to win on January twenty. How about that? And it goes crazier. Isaiah Wong of the Indiana Pacers. Ah, he was born on January twenty eighth. What? He and John Harbaugh both went to colleges called Miami. <laughs> Jake Hood is the best. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, uh, as you mentioned, uh, he became the first NBA player in history to have 10 three-pointers. By the way, what you just told me right there, proof of the Illuminati. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I think we all know that. Right. That proves the existence of the Illuminati. You heard it here? I mean, well, y'all I mean, can doubt it all you want, but what are the odds? Illuminati. Uh, 10 three-pointers, 10 two-pointers, as well as 10 free throws made in ah, a single game. How about that? Carl Anthony Towns, the first to uh, to accomplish this. Okay. I did not know that. That's interesting. <laughs> um, And then so yesterday, the, uh, the the Wolves did lose to the – yeah, it was the Hornets, right? Uh, the Hornets were playing the Wolves, and they were losing down 15 points entering the fourth quarter. And in there had been in NBA history, there had been 415 instances where a team with a 225 winning percentage, the Hornets – uh, and a team facing a team with a 700 win percentage, the Timberwolves, and then trailed by 15 points entering the fourth quarter. They had been 0 in 414. That sounds right. <laughs> it's it's not likely that a really bad team erases a double digit deficit against a really good team. They did it last night. Yeah, they did. One in four, fi- 414. How about that? Um, and then okay, so MB dropped 70 yesterday, and go ahead and go be, make sure you're flawless. By the way, I gotta All be honest with you when ev- when everybody was talking about oh, okay. Um, when everybody was talking about how it was a franchise record, I was like, uh, yeah, I know. I saw that too. I was like, like Wilt right. Chamberlain. I completely forgot that he was a Philadelphia warrior when that happened, not a Philadelphia 76er <laughs> when that occurred. Like I, 
I would have lost that bet. If that had been a trivia question on a Monday night. The franchise, the like most points scored in Philadelphia franchise history. In well, 76ers yeah, 76. franchise history is uh, Joel Embiid's 70. All right, so all the 70-point scorers. Correct. Uh, well, Wilt. Wilt. How many times has he done it? I don't know how many times he's done it. Uh, how many times has he done it? Six. Six times. I hear he was. Uh, I hear he was good. He was okay. Yeah. Um. Uh. Ba 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 ba. Uh. Oh God. Um. Yeah. You better. You can't. Got to at least. Uh, I'm uh, Kobe. Yes. Because he had seventy three, right? Kobe. Had, Kobe had more than seventy three. What did he? That was. It was the anniversary yesterday. Was he the anniversary? Oh, oh he had 81, yes. right? Yeah. The anniversary of the 81 point game. So who had 73? By the way, 18th anniversary, 1-8, reverse it, 81. Illuminati. Illuminati. On the 18th anniversary, Joel Embiid, you know. So. Um, Clearly all makes sense. Somebody had 73 as a number that stands out in my mind. Or do I have 73 in my mind because that was how many games the Warriors won? Um, Someone did drop 73. Yeah, that was also the number of games the Warriors won. Yeah, they won seventy three. All right, the only Will okay. dropped seventy three twice. Okay, <laughs> and then somebody else scored. Somebody 73? else did. Kind of the more obscure seventy point scorer. Like he hasn't done it recently, and it's kind of. All right, let me go. I, okay. David Robinson had a seventy point game. He did. Yes, that was. I want to say at the end of the season, and it clinched a scoring title. There was a little bit of controversy. Like, uh, that 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 all that would make sense because it was April twenty fourth. Yeah, I want to say like he and Shaq were dueling it out for the scoring title, and like they might have they might have gone a little nutty <laughs> to make sure that David Robinson got so a scoring. The Cl- title they play the Clippers. Did the Clippers just let him score, or I don't I don't remember all of the circumstances. This is I mean we're going back a little ways, yeah, yeah. but I remember there being something goofy. I just def- I definitely remember being at the end of the season and it go- being involving the scoring title. Um, all right, so the guys that have done it recently are uh, Donovan Mitchell did it last year, right? Donovan Mitchell. Um, man, and didn't um a uh, Booker Booker did it? Yep, right, Devin Booker, back in uh, did they lose that game when he did they, it? They um, I feel like they they I did. I feel yeah. like they did. Yeah, they did. They did lose that game. They lost by ten. <laughs> he scored seventy of their one hundred twenty points, and they lost by ten. That was a couple years ago, though, right? It was like 2017. That was, it was 2017? That was, was coming up on the seven-year anniversary Jesus. in March. Um, Lillard did it. Damian correct? Lillard did, in fact, do it. He also did it, uh, oh, yeah, last year, last February. Right. They were pretty close to each other, weren't they, Mitchells yeah. and Lillards? Both at 71. Right. So how many am I missing? You are missing one. You're missing two. Two. And one of them was a 73. 73- three-point game yes. that you said was a, a obscure and it was a while back. Yes. They were both actually a while back. Now now both were both. Man. Like he only played seven years? Five? Eight years, I think? Uh, yeah, maybe, yeah. Five years in the NBA? Sorry, eight. eight. Oh, eight. God. I don't... That actually doesn't help me at all. It kind of goes the other way. He played six really, seasons with uh-huh. the Denver Nuggets. Team that he accomplished Not this with Marvin the Eraser Webster. No, then he had two years with the Seattle uh, Super Sox. Oh, David Thompson. David Thompson. David Thompson. I didn't realize his career was that short. David Thompson was one of the great players of all time at NC State. He and um, Maryland. They, Mar- they had legendary battles mm-hmm. against Maryland. 1978. He dropped 73. And who? And the other one was the other one had did this in the 60s. 60s. Until the very start of the 60s. The very start of. 
Big man? Uh, yes. I guess not not like a center, but not a forward. Not a center. Not a center, but a forward. I don't, I don't know. Tell You're going to kick yourself because it's who it always is. Oh, Elgin Baylor. <laughs> yeah, Elgin Baylor. Damn. We do. Elgin Baylor. Always end up being Elgin Baylor. It's 71 points. All right, very good. That was good. Very good. All right. Uh, it was also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Here's what's coming up tubular wise. Tubular is brought to you by Goose Flights, available in six packs at Costas Inn and Guilford Hall Brewery. Single cans available at the uh, seven area Glory Days Grill locations. Coming soon to a few other locations. 198 of every can goes to benefit the Goose Flights Foundation. It's a great can. It's a great idea. It's a great concept. It's a great beer. What else could you ask for? Go get your Goose Flights today. Here's what's coming up tonight. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, the Baseball Hall of Fame announcement. I believe they start that show at like 4 o'clock. I'm to understand the announcement comes in the 6 o'clock window on MLB Network. Baseball Hall of Fame announcement then. Australian Open, uh, the rest of the quarterfinals are tonight. It's not quite as exciting as last night was, but um, some good matchups, actually. So uh, tonight, uh, Hubie Hercoc and Daniil Medvedev in the first men's quarterfinal. That's it. That's the second match of the day. Then overnight um, tonight is the uh, the really good one. Alcaraz Zverev. We turn our lonely eyes to you, Carlos Alcaraz. <laughs> Need you, bud. Go ahead and nip this thing in the bud if you don't mind. <sighs> Very nervous. Is he, is um, he, how, how big of a favorite is he? Uh, he's just a, a, a notable. I don't know what the you have to pull up what the number is. I'm gonna guess he's a minus one. Oh, we gotta go tomorrow. Seventy or so favorite. He is minus five eighty. Wow. Wow. Probably worth putting. No, I'm not gonna say it out loud. Uh, uh, I'll do it. Put money on Zverev. Is that what you're? Is that what you're about to I'm say? I'm gonna say those odds. Oh, okay. The money would be going Zverev. Uh, they're head to head. I think he's got a win over Zverev. Carlos leads Alcaraz. four to three. Yeah, one to one in slams. I mean, like I don't really understand that number. I, I think Carlos Alcaraz is better than Alex Zverev. Period, and that's been proven, right? But they're not God, so he's still twenty years. They're not so separated from each other that 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 number should be that. That's all right. Let's have that conversation another day. Anyway. Um, All right, so that's the advice for today. Got it. Yes. Sorry. What was I doing? Oh, that's oh, the sorry. Australian yeah. Open. Uh, I don't know what's happening. We're falling apart. ESPN uh, starting at 9 o'clock for uh, that. I think it starts on ESPN Plus at 7. Big Ten hoops tonight. Big Ten Network, Wisconsin, Minnesota at 7. Peacock, Ohio State, Nebraska at 7. Michigan, Purdue at 9. The rest of the college basketball, find at glennclarkradio.com. Monumental for Capitals, Wild at 8. ESPN Plus and Hulu for Sabres, Ducks at 10. TNT, Knicks, Nets at 7.30, Lakers, Clippers at 10, USA Network for WWE, NXT at 8. Speaking of which, remember what I was talking about with Netflix where they needed to get more live programming? Did you see? What what event? They got WWE Raw. They did. They are paying like $5 billion. So like every Monday, this is the Monday night? That's what I I think there's some thought that they might move it off of Monday night. Gotcha. Because they're sick of going up against football. Kind of hard to blame them about that. 
um, they paid an ungodly amount of money. Would they move back to Monday night, like outside of football? I, don't, I think I they want. Like, I think they want to keep it on the same. Okay. I think they want. It feels like that. such a like even though I'm not uh, yeah, wrestling. Ten year agreement for five billion dollars. I told you Netflix was going to have to dip their toes into their water that those waters because people are going to start looking around and saying. We don't need, like, the programming's good, but we don't need a Netflix the way that you need to have these other things because the live programming that they have. Netflix didn't have it. They're going to have to go harder for live sports. Like, they're going to have to go, like, WWE isn't really sports, but, like, they're going to have to try to dip their toes into the water for, for some of these other things, too. All right, some non-sports highlights for tonight. Um, you'll be able to see it on everyone has that Paramount Plus subscription. Uh, the NCIS Sydney season finale. Ah, if yes. you miss it at eight o'clock, it'll be on Paramount Plus. Can't wait. Andre three thousand is going to be on Stephen Colbert tonight, um, which I thought you might might be interested in. He's doing like an IMAX listening event, I think, and it's like one night only. It's either tonight or tomorrow, I think. Is this for the the flute thing though? It's uh, it's like some sort of what was the name of the flute album? I don't remember. Was it like the the sun? No. Yeah, I don't know something. That like might that. be. I think that's what the like what this is. But it's in in IMAX in select IMAX theaters. I think it's in a uh, White Marsh. He's doing he's doing a tour of playing the flute. As he should, right? God bless. I'm not I'm not uh, knocking the man for the. I just only murders will be on uh, ABC if you don't have a uh, Hulu. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel is going to have Jason Momoa, of course, plug in his uh, his HBO show on the Rome. Sure. Um, who else? Uh, what, what else do we have? Not not yeah, not a whole lot. Kevin James has a uh, comedy special that's coming out on Prime. Irregardless, Kevin James. Remember the South Park episode where he's also going to be on Fallon tonight. Like at a certain age, everything is just shit. Like, do you remember that episode? That's uh, me. <laughs> like all of this just sounds awful to me. Oh, Kevin, a Kevin James stand-up Nothing. special. God. Nothing wrong with <laughs> What do you mean there's nothing wrong with He's it? He's bald now. He's or, Name or something shamed, good that Kevin James has done. Chuck and Larry. That was at best not <laughs> offensive. Um And I don't even know Paul that, Blart. Yeah, I said something good. Zookeeper. Oh god, you do you like these things? These really? all came out when I was like 10 years old. Yeah, so. that <laughs> okay. Okay. So yeah, I like them. Oh god. Um what else is Kevin James? I mean grown-ups. I like grown-ups. Oh. What else? What else am I missing? I'm obviously oh, forgetting. Sucks uh, so. King much. of Queens. <laughs> King of Queens is, of all of those things, the best thing that Kevin James did, and I would tell you the King of Queens was terribly forgettable. He did like an what was the what was the MMA movie? I haven't watched this. One. Oh my god! Here comes the I've boom, watched. Right? I don't want to tell the circumstances. I've watched that film with uh, Henry Winkler. I need to watch it. And it was all really the movie was about Neil Diamond. I'll it's move that it's up the very list. difficult to explain. But that MMA movie was really about Neil Diamond. I mean that. It's oh yeah, he's in weird. Pixels. Very weird. Oh God. God. It just keeps getting worse. <laughs> there is nothing about Kevin James that makes me I did me say not it. watch him portray Sean Payton yet. Why would you? Why would anyone? Why would anyone watch that? I didn't realize how big of a Kevin James fan I am. Oh God. He was good in Grown Up. Grown Up was great. That might be a fireable offense. <laughs> That Jeez. might be a fireable offense. Grown Ups was not great. I try using Hitch. <laughs> There's so much bad. It's just one of What's the worst. What's wrong with Hitch? It's Drek. It exists for the sake of existing. Like, there's nothing there. 
You guys can do a Kevin Smith or Kevin J. I would do a Kevin Smith film festival. You can do a Kevin James film festival. All right, we got to go. Kevin Smith got coming out this com- something coming out this week too. I Does think. he really? Yeah, uh, it's now, it's an see, Apple. Now TV. you're talking my language. Uh, Although he's had a lot of misses recently too. Yeah, I'm not sure about this. So it's an Apple TV show. I, I, maybe I should save it for later. When, when, right, I, save I, it. Like, it's 12:30. We got to okay. go. All we right, got to go. Right. Thanks to everybody. It's up. Thank great. Thanks today to uh, Marcus Spears. Thanks to Kevin Zeitler. Thanks to Mike Golick Jr. Thanks to Patrick Stevens and Wes Brown. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the. Oh my God, it's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Uh, tomorrow on the program, our friend uh, Bill Roden yes. from the Undefeated will uh, join, or from Anscape, right? That's what they call it. Right. Uh, Anscape will join us. He's been sort of documenting Lamar all season long, and we're going to talk to uh, Bill Roden tomorrow. Drew is scheduled to stop by. Hopefully, some real stuff tomorrow too. Bill Roden. Bill Roden. Drew. The problem is, like, Bill Roden's here, but then Drew weighs it down, (laughs) like, to here. So we need some other real things just to get it back net neutral is the way that it works. All right. Thanks, everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, Live Casino and Hotel, Mother's North Grill, A.J. Michaels, Guilford All Brewery, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Superbook Sports, Glory Days Grill, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com, Goose Flights. Thanks, everybody at uh, Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners. I already did that. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday evening. I'll be on VEASAN tonight at uh, 730, so I'll see you over there. Uh, Duke sucks.